Hi everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast, I'm your host Fat Tony, and today with us, ladies and gentlemen, we have Zoe Sinner. Welcome Zoe. Sup Tony, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome, how's your day been? Uh, pretty good, just day off from the hill, um, yeah, and stoked to be here. Stoked to have you. Well, most people have been asking how their summer's been, but we've got a pretty good idea of how your summer's been, so Zoe, how was your summer? Um, it was good, like headed overseas straight to Europe uh, at the very end of December and did a few weeks over there doing some World Cups and then yeah headed to the US for X Games and then pretty much just posted up in the US traveling around a lot of different states for the rest of the season and then headed home at the start of May. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, in a nutshell, real nutshell. But <laughs> no, I had a really, really good competition season I'm super stoked like couldn't have gone any better and it was Olympic qualifying year so a lot riding on the last the last few competitions so like I was so stoked with I don't know the tricks that I'd learnt uh, in New Zealand and then bringing them over to the to the uh, competition side of things in the northern hemisphere where it matters and like getting to do natural selection with some pretty amazing snowboarders. Like, that that was pretty unreal to watch yeah. from down here. Yeah, it was pretty unreal to be a part of. Like, I was pinching myself the whole time. And, yeah, I'm, I was just so stoked for the opportunity. And, you know, never really get that kind of power in New Zealand, so I really mm. had to make the most of it. <laughs> mm. Oh, it was unreal. And uh, I was kind of uh, surprised with some of the riders that didn't make it through. Like... Mm. Uh, Watching the guys, it's like, oh, Eric Jackson's totally going to make it through, you know, and yeah. he didn't. It's just like, whoa, and shit, man. I mean, so many questions right there on that one. I think, um, sorry, listeners, but we'll be touching on the natural selection a bit later on in, the, in this episode. So we'll kick things off from the beginning, Zoe. Where are you from, and how'd you get into snowboarding? Um, originally from, born in Sydney, uh, Australia, uh, in the northern beaches, lived there until I was six and then me and the family moved over to Wanaka. Um, I have two older brothers, Harrison, Dylan, an older sister, Riley, and a younger sister, Alume. And yeah, we kind of just like packed the whole family up. It was a pretty big move. And yeah, we knew we were going to be here for a while. So yeah, it was pretty hectic. And I'd skied before coming to New Zealand, but then yeah, after skiing in New Zealand for the first season, I was like having none of it. Yeah. And after Dylan started, Dylan and Harrison both started snowboarding. I, you know, I, I always like followed in their footsteps and just like got amongst it. <laughs> Mostly started off with Cardrona, um, skiing up there. But I don't know what it was, but I like, there was something about it that I just could, I was so uncoordinated skiing. And then, yeah, I think it was Dylan and Harrison got real into riding park. And my parents just, like, loved the vibe up snow park. And, yeah, my first time snowboarding, I was taking a lesson, um, night riding up snow park with my older sister. And made it on the lift uh, that, that night and, like, rode down the whole thing. And, yeah, I get, like, it was kind of weird because skating came before snowboarding. All right. Like, um... So when we moved to New Zealand, uh, we moved into my 
cousins, uh, like my auntie and uncle's holiday house out in Bremner Bay. Yeah. And a few houses down from us was Abby and Will Jay's house. Oh, right. And they, they yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. And, um, yeah, they had a mini ramp out front. And, um, yeah, we were always, like, I don't know, just trying to get outside. and. Um, so were you guys crashing Will and Abby's mini ramp? Yeah. Holy shit. Because that house was, like, a halfway house for so many visiting pro snowboarders. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty out of it when you sort of, uh, like, I'd turn Will's boards and Abby's boards drop it off to them. Yeah. And then sort of. Go through the door, be like, all right. Yeah, and so you hear, like, oh, play it cool now. <laughs> you, know, you sort of see the company, they'll be like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, we were, yeah, we were there over summers, I think. So, um, never got to see the pro snowboarders. But, yeah, first time I dropped in on a skate, skateboard was at their ramp and uh, ate so much shit and then, yeah, managed to actually learn how to do it. And I think my brother... Um, the ramp was like right next to the house and he broke one of their windows board went straight into the straight into their window and so um, still in? yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah i kind of i kind of got into skating first and then yeah when i got on snowboard it kind of just like kind of came came to came right just we came at the start of the year so we we're there during summer <coughs> oh, and right. then i can't really remember but we were looking for a house for ages and, and yeah. Were you guys down at the park, like, I'm sure the Wales boys would have been skating and a whole, the whole crew of people we know and love now would have been groms back then. Were you skating with any of the crew back then or sort of um, a bit more of a lone soldier? A uh, bit of a lone soldier to start with, but then, yeah, got some real good mates, um... Like, I don't know if you remember them, but, like, Todd and Blair Wilkins. Oh, I remember <laughs> yeah. yep. Like, Joel Roberts and Eli Grace, like, had this crew who would just go to the skate park every other. And, I don't know, it kind of came in a bit later where skating, because, obviously, we'd only snowboard here during uh, the winter and then we'd have mm. all summer. So, s- skating was kind of, like, more of my thing. Yeah. Um, Holy shit, I didn't know that you skate. I, I remember all of those dudes... Um, yeah. Shit, because we we took, we took them on like roadies. Like, I say yeah. roadies. We we went on Queenstown, took them the Queenstown trips with yeah. us, like as uh, like ten years ago. As the yeah. older dudes, that's too funny. Yeah, um, I, like yeah, I I would just like skate every day with those guys, and like they did like um, they had a crew of them, like a under twelve crew for the what was that uh, quest that quest comp yep. with like. It the, was like King comp. of the Road, but yep. like um, in Monaco. Wayne, Wayne Pretty and Tom um, Peden, that was their brainchild, I think. Yeah. I know Wayne was, uh, I'm pretty sure I was there when they thought of it. We were around at Wayne's houses and that was the summer we were watching just all the King of the Road videos. Yeah. And then, because I'd blown my knee out so I couldn't skate. So I was just hanging out being an asshole. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, Wayne just sort of come up with this idea, and because he, he filmed all of those groms, yeah, I think, and made their video for them with suicidal yeah. tendencies. <laughs> so, and, I never actually got to see the video. I saw like other oh, people's. What was it called? Quest to Quest. Tom. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Because do you know Tom? Tom Peter? Uh, no, of him. Um, he's got Swanee magazine. Yeah. And. I'm pretty sure he posted a video of one of his. Yeah. 
I mean, his team, I think, actually won it because yeah. he, he's so good and all his dudes were like the best. Yeah. Like, oh, here it is. Yeah, I remember seeing and, a real crazy video. And I think Wayne's team was drunk. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, we, we might have to get them on there and find out a bit more about that. Whole, yeah. I totally forgot about that until now. Yeah, but that thing was so mm. sick. Like, I, I think how it happened was, like, I started... They wanted me to be... The, there was like a challenge where it was like get a girl to drop in oh yeah and like you had a girl in your team who dropped in and that was me for those guys and then just like kind of like we just started skating heaps together and yeah for a while there it was yeah skating over snowboarding which was pretty crazy and yeah. then yeah snowboarding kind of took over that's rad though i mean there's a lot of people's way in is through skating or surfing yeah. and then snowboarding sort of yeah. comes in a bit later on um because i i guess as far as you and skateboarding, like a lot of us associate with the dream ramp. Yeah. Which, what, that was your, pretty much your backyard or something, is that right? Yeah, so um, what happened was, I think, uh, when Dylan broke the window at the Jackway's house. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's still an incredible sentence. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> We're just throwing Dylan under the bus right yeah. now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, then we talked to um, Abby and Will and... I think my mum and dad were like, like, how do you, like, they didn't really know a lot about skating or anything, but they're like, how do you, like, build a mini ramp or whatever? And then Abby got them in contact with Jason Parks, who oh, built yeah. the bowl over in Queenstown, built so many skate parks. Oh, he's built the second extension in Wanaka, too, yeah. like the transition-based extension yeah. here. I haven't seen yeah. him in ages, but, like, yeah, we ended up getting in contact with him, and my parents... They're like once the like my dad has an idea he like he'll go at it and blow it crazy out of proportion. Like, oh yeah. So like it, at first it was like a two foot mini ram and then it mm. turned into like you know a spine into like a bowl when he was talking to Jason and he's like that would be sick and then they had the the like extension part of it and then we were always planning on doing like another extension where it went all the round ra- all oh, the way the, around the bowl oh bowling out that extension yeah shit that'd been unreal yeah but um yeah jason came and stayed at our house out at the dream ramp for like i don't know like three months and you built the ramp while he was out there and it was pretty sick got to like i remember the session that uh the ramp was finished mm. and Jason was riffing and um can't remember who was taking photos but he's got got this photo of him um going over the spine but he's stalled on the spine and he's just like pulling the finger super <laughs> Jason super doing that. yeah and it's so <laughs> sick but um yeah and then yeah once that was built like skating I I was definitely not like a natural at it yeah. But, like, would just be on there, like, every day trying to, like, learn new tricks. And, um, yeah, like, I, like I, it took me so long to be able to, like, drop in and do a kick turn and, like, rock to fakie and stuff. But I got there in the end and, like, just, like, such a gnarly, like, mm. learning battle. But it, it sets you up for, like, snowboarding. Like, everything's always a battle. So, mm. yeah. I oh, mean that ramp. I mean it's an awesome ramp, eh? Yeah. Like, but I've I've just that's what I said before. I blew my knee out. Yeah. Was on that ramp. Oh really? And I haven't been back <laughs> yeah. since. Like, Fair enough. So, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. Yeah, that ramp. <laughs> fuck, a lot of memories. What, what's your proudest um, trick or line you did on that ramp? Um, 
I don't know. Proudest trick would probably be like airing the spine. Oh yeah. Because um, I think my brother was trying to learn it, and I wanted to learn it too. And I was just out there by myself for ages, just like trying to do it, just talking myself into it, and then like worked my way up to like airing over and kicking my board out, and then just like airing over it and staying on the board. Yeah. And it's just, like, the best feeling mm. thing ever, just, like, airing over the spine, rolling over it. And I was just so stoked. I think I was, like, 11 or something. Yeah. And just, yeah. Because, like, once you get that trick, you're, like, linking the whole whole skate ramp. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of um, heavy international crews that would be found sitting yeah. there. Yeah. Do you ever have any of those moments you walk out to skate your ramp? You're like, holy shit. Yeah, Is definitely. Yeah. Um, it's hard to pinpoint though like because be out there so much but then it seemed like any time there was anyone out there we weren't there it yeah. was so weird but um yeah i remember the russian snowboard team came uh for a session this one time and yuri podchkov was riding and like um yeah i can't really can't really really remember Mm. but there was there was like this fucked up time where it was um one of the snow park after parties at the dream ramp and i don't know who it was but i feel like it might have been jack spence but i didn't know him at the time (laughs) well no let's let's throw jack spence under the bus well he ended up going home in an ambulance so it must have been him but someone was trying to like air from the the um like the big side into yeah. the mini ramp so like over the spine but like cross court yeah. and while doing a three like full like um miller flip kind of style and just so drunk getting so rolled and mm. yeah i don't know if it was him but he went home in an ambulance that night so it might have been well we, we're gonna have a jack spence episode soon <laughs> so we might have to ask him about that was that you dude he's yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was, I hadn't even met Jack at, at the time, but um, someone told me it was him, and then I was like, every time I see him, it's just like, <laughs> first time I actually knew who you were, you were getting taken home in an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you mentioned Snow Park, and that's what a lot of us will associate you with. Um, how did Snow Park come about? Um, it's kind of a funny one, like... I'm not like entirely sure of the timeline, but so my brothers got real into snowboarding. I got real into snowboarding and then um, guess my parents saw that and they rented out one of the apartments up there like for maybe the school holidays or something. And we just like ride every single day and then it turned into being like kind of like the whole season. And then, yeah, I think by the end of that season, like they started getting involved with helping out and like um everything and then that following season i think was when mum took over as general manager that's right they went into business or something with snowpark yeah. didn't they yeah and um yeah from there on like mum was working up there full time and we kind of like went between um like the apartments the bunk rooms and the wool shed just living up there like oh, yeah. i don't remember a winter actually being in town like right. it was just like we were up there all the time I oh, so um, like you were with we your mum at work sort of thing yeah yeah we were just living up there all of us kids and um yeah it was pretty sick but 
yeah, Snow Park was pretty insane. And, um, mm. yeah, I have so many memories from there that are just, like, Well, I mean, you would have crazy. witnessed some pretty out-of-it moments with visiting pros and stunts witnessed and that sort of thing. Is there anything that sticks out? Um, I don't know. Like, we were a bit sheltered because we... We were up there when all of the parties were going down, the after parties, which I've heard uh, were super wild, but never experienced them because we were fucking like 10. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I competed in like my first proper like international comp up there, Billabong Bro Down in like 2010, maybe, or maybe 2011. And um, it was pretty sick. I don't even think I hit the jumps or anything. Um, just like rode down the course but I was just so stoked to be like just amongst like all the pros and um, Jamie Anderson won that event which was crazy for me and um, it was just so cool up there like like the electric hip attack yeah though that was that was so sick and um, I guess just like experiencing that kind of like vibe of the snowboard scene was insane at that age and just like seeing how stoked everyone was about snow park and um i guess they they kind of did like everything right with like running events and like i don't know that it was just so sick well it was uh i mean it's bonkers for me to think it's been closed for as long as it's been open now yeah 10 years or something yeah and um well nearly 10 years and uh, yeah, people now are being like, what was Snowpark? So like, part of me is like, what do you mean what was Snowpark? <laughs> like, um, but for the listeners out there, can you give us a bit of an insight into what Snowpark was? Especially, I guess, you were probably the Snowpark Grom yeah. at that time. Like, um, I guess Snowpark was like one of the first uh, like all-terrain park mountain, mm-hmm. just like fully dedicated into building features and having the best like facilities to like progress and learn new tricks and then just like kind of like skate park style I guess mm. and um yeah they had a huge box line or rail line and it was like I don't know it was massive like mm. still nothing really compares to oh, if you liked freestyle snowboarding it was nirvana yeah <laughs> it was just yeah yeah and then yeah the half pipe and then caught into a quarter pipe and then yeah and got a hip as well and just like the whole park the whole mountain was just like i mean you could hit everything mm. and it's kind of bonkers your first time snowboarding was at night time at snow park yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah shit got pretty hectic there sometimes at night time yeah well yeah. i guess when you're that young you don't really yeah. <laughs> you kind of just like don't really see that stuff so was uh, there a crew of friends you were riding with um at that time mostly my brother um and then yeah there weren't really any like girls my age up there at the time and Mm. so yeah I like just rode with my brother and then um I think I can't remember what it was called like girls oh snow girls snow girls Ah, yeah with Abby and then um do you remember Charlotte Cretney Charlotte Charlotte and Bruno I know the name. I know Charlotte. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't seen her in, in so long. Yeah, over ten years. But yeah, I did um, like a few days with those guys, and it was so sick to like be riding with those so did girls. And Abby helped teach you how to snowboard back then. 
yeah well I kind of like got the got the basics and then yeah doing that program for a few days like with all those girls um was super like beneficial got to ride with Abby which was crazy and um I mean that would have been Abby at the height of her fucking yeah gnarly shit yeah it was dope and yeah and then um I guess when I was up there I don't really remember riding with anyone my age it was mostly um yeah like Abby and Will and then um Bruno and Charlotte and my brothers and then um and then came along like Blake Alty oh, and yeah. <clears throat> um, kind of like those kind of groms, which was sick because mm. I got to like, I've known those, a lot of those guys for years. Um, but yeah, it was just like, you kind of rode with whoever. And then I got, mm. um, ended up getting a coach when I was like 10, Hamish Martin. Bill no Z. way. Yeah. Was, was, so was Billsy your first coach? Yeah, Billsy was Holy my first coach. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, well, um, <clears throat> where do we start with that? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, for anyone that doesn't know who we're talking about now, I think, like, what, a snowboard comedian? Yeah. Kind of? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain him, but uh, he's like a legend. The best Funniest dude ever, dude. eh? Yeah. Um, so, how was that? Uh, it was pretty awesome. Um, like, such a good dude to be able to mm. snowboard with every day because... You know, he's like the life of the party and mm. um, knows so much about snowboarding as well. An incredible style too. Yeah. His, his backside style. sevens. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was pretty sick. And um, I don't know, I was, I was not very good at the time, like doing 180s off, I don't know, like a five foot jump, only like airing maybe like two foot. But he was just like always super um, encouraging and like... Um, I guess like he was a pretty dope coach and then yeah there was this one time um, he actually chipped my tooth because he did he did um, <laughs> we were we were snowboarding down the box line and then got to you know that part just the hump before the two jumps at the end of the rail line you know those two was jumps was it snow park or Kadrona? snow park snow park so box line oh yeah, yeah. you know the two jumps yep. yeah I was like I was in front of him and he, I was just standing there and he was hitting the, a feature behind me and uh, took too much speed, didn't, was super out of control and didn't see that I was there. And maybe it was my fault, but ran straight into me. He was so sorry, so apologetic, but I was absolutely fine, but pretty sure got a tiny bit of my tooth out. Felt so bad, but like. Super coach Billsy. Yeah, super coach. But it was sick. He like, like would ask like math questions on the chairlift and like teach some <laughs> funny stuff and yeah it was cool because like he'd also talk about like sponsorship stuff like what he was kind of going through when he changed can't remember what he was writing for but to signal oh yeah um and just like how he was like i don't know keeping it on the d-lo and all this stuff and like it was pretty sick like because mm, you guys seeing that side of it did you guys end age. up being teammates on signal for a bit then i think for a little bit yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah oh, was, that was sick. How did uh, getting writing for Signal come about? Um, writing for Signal. Um, so I, I had been, I think it was after my first year in HPC. I think I was like 13. And 
might have been JJ who was on them and Cora Phillips. Mm-hmm. And I think Damien got in touch with me and started hooking me up with boards, which was super sick. And I was so stoked because I love their every third Thursday yeah, um, video cool, series. Eh? And I thought their graphics were sick and like I was a pretty I was pretty light back then, so they were pretty flexy boards, but it worked because I was pretty light and mm. yeah, that was sick. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I mean, and did that lead to writing for Signal internationally, or were you just flowed through Damien? Uh, yeah, I was just flowed through Damien until I think I was 15, after my first World Cup uh, year, and uh, I think it was, yeah, the year before the Olympics, I transitioned into writing for Nitro. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Right, so that would have been pretty sweet, though. Um, at that time, writing for Nitro, you would have had Christy Pryor on the same team. Yeah. Like, the best methods out there. Yeah. Like, I can't really remember how it came about, but, um, yeah, we ended up on the same team together, and it was super sick. I ended up going on a trip to Australia, to Falls Creek. They do one every year, and, like, it was, it was funny, because, like, I'd been on the team for a while, but... I'd never actually gotten to ride with Christy because she was injured at the time. And then, yeah, I got to go to Falls Creek with her for a week and um, with the whole Nitro team, like Marcus Cleveland, Elias Alhart, Celia was there. Oh, no, I don't think she was there that year. But, like, the whole crew of, like, tall gear and stuff and, like, got to ride with those guys, which was fucked up. And, yeah, being on the team with Christy was dope. Who were some of the, like, riding-wise, both locally and internationally, who were some of the riders you were looking at for influence? Um, when I was real grown, Abby, because yeah. I met her, and then that was super sick. And then um, grew up uh, when I was skating at the skate park, um, saw Steffi skating. Steffi Luxton. Steffi Luxton. That had a huge influence on me because, you know, like I hadn't really seen any other girl skate before. I watched her at probably about the same time I wanted to skate park do a cab three over the hip. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's sick. Uh, well, sorry. Skateboarding, so it was a full cab. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa. Yeah. That was fucking sick. Yeah. And then I said, muttered to myself something about, oh, the fucking kids of today or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rad. Um, yeah, and then um, Christy, obviously... Um, but I didn't know her super well at the time. And then uh, Sylvia Mittermuller, she's a German yeah. snowboarder, pro snowboarder. She was dating Bevan Hall, who was coaching my brother. And she kind of, she taught me how to like rock to faking and stuff and then coached me at Junior Nationals one year, Red. which was pretty insane to me because, you know, she was one of the big dogs, gone to X Games and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Possum, Shelley and um, Beck Sinclair, like those girls growing up riding was super sick but then also like Bevan Hall and Liam Peter Ryan like there was so many people because mm. being up Snow Park you could just watch so many people yeah. and um, also get to know them um, so those guys were super influential to me and then Will J of course um, but yeah yeah the first time I went um, I guess backcountry riding was it had snowed like halfway down to the valley f- valley floor Cadrona valley floor and bevan was like we should go f- uh front country front 
country riding. So not oh, back country. It's front country. Kedrona nah, it was it was snowfall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like there was no base whatsoever. <laughs> just took us down the roguest, like just like you know those spiky tussocks? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. That, fell that, that into your glass. Oh yeah. so bad. I fell into a few of those. It was pretty <laughs> wasn't the best experience, but it was still sick. Like yeah, we don't we don't ride backcountry in New Zealand, we ride front front. Front country, country. Yeah. Bevan Hall. Thank you, Bevan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, him and him and uh, Liam were a crack up uh, unit. Those two. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, and the names you mentioned. Holy shit! Like Abby Jackways, Shelley Possum. Fuck, they were just so gnarly back then. Yeah. And um, it was a trip. Like, say when Abby came on here. Um, yeah, I've known Abby for a long time, but when she sent through the pictures to go with the interview. Mm-hmm. It's like, I fucking, and I've seen these in the magazines, like, I fucking forgot how gnarly she was. Yeah. Like, was there some international snowboarders you were looking at as well, or was it more of a local? Um, I think it, at the time, when I was younger, it was more of a local thing, because it was hard to really, I don't know, kind of know what was going on outside of New Zealand. Yeah. But, yeah, when Jamie came and to the Billabong Rowdown and won it, that really, like... I was definitely watching her, super mm. inspired by her. Um, and then, yeah, like, you know how they used to play snowboard movies in the Woolshed Up Snow Park? Mm. Like, but just, I don't know, like watching Travis's That's It, That's All. Oh, man. That yeah. was, like, a huge one for me because, like, <clears throat> it's hard to understand snowboard tricks at that age and, like, hard to understand, like, how gnarly the stuff they're doing and the tricks... But, like, watching, um, I can't remember what part it is, but they're jibbing a playground. And, like, it's, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think for me, like, for being, like, a 10-year-old and watching that, that's, like, like relatable. That mm. was super sick for me. Yeah. Like, you can, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, that that movie, like, that's that's all when it came out. I mean, shit, that turned everything on its head. Yeah. Like, blew doors off everything that had came out before. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Jamie Anderson, sort of a uh, topic I'm interested in discussing a bit further. Like, obviously, she was someone you were looking up to. Yeah. And now you're peers with her. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what's that like? Is that a trip where, like, if I've seen pictures where you're sharing the podium, you pinch yourself and be like, holy fuck. Yeah, definitely. At the start, it's definitely like that. But, um, yeah, when I was, uh, I guess, got to the older age where I started doing World Cups and stuff, and I had grown up watching X Games and um, all the events, um, I'd, like, watch the runs and just, like, imagine myself being there and, like, try to be, like, how do I get to be doing those tricks like Jamie and, like, how do I kind of like do more mm-hmm. and then yeah when I started like shared um a podium with her it was just the most unreal thing and now like we're pretty good mates which yeah it's super weird but like there's like a transitional period where you have to look at your idols your idols are on a pedestal but you kind of need to like see past that and picture yourself next to them you know mm-hmm. Because that's where you want to be. <laughs> you sort know? of remind yourself that you're all made of the same. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Sort of um, so yeah. Rad, because <laughs> I mean that's oh, 
just one of those things was like wow there's no way i could be peers with the idols yeah like yeah that's that's exactly how i felt and like my first uh first year on tour it was like that i was just like everywhere i looked it was just like pros everywhere Mm. and then um eventually you're like saying like oh like what up how is like uh your summer and all this stuff like catching up as friends not Mm. just uh I don't know, just like starstruck every time you see them. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, cool. So how did the competitive snowboarding thing come about? Obviously, somewhat through Billsy. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But was that just a natural progression from growing up at Snow Park? Yeah, for sure. Um, like, my parents had, like, I competed in my first comp in Whistler uh, the year I started snowboarding in Whistler, Canada. We had... Uh, we spent Christmas over there this one year, and I did uh, like a slope style comp, and then a rail jam, and in the slope comp, I won like a phone for a spot prize, oh, and yeah. I was eleven. Like I was no, I was ten, and I was like, "Fuck, this is pretty sick." Like <laughs> I was like, I was the only one with a phone out of all my siblings, <laughs> and like it's like, "Whoa, fuck yeah!" But then yeah, after that, I just got uh, just. Yeah, would just do all the comps, like, um, I can't remember what, they had, like, this burden one up snow park, like, a junior one that was real sick, and, um, yeah, they'd have heaps of comps up snow park during the season, and then there was junior nationals every spring up Cadrona, um, so I'd do those, and, like, did, like, a mini pump, big mountain up, uh, TC, and did, like, I don't know, I was just super into it. I don't know what it was, but, like, I don't know. I'd played football before, and I did a few skate comps when I was younger as well, but I was always into the competition side of things. And so was that sort of the most obvious entry into snowboarding was through the competition yeah. side of things? There wasn't, was there any other options presented, or you like straight down? Nah, I don't, like, I don't remember there being any other options because, yeah, had a coach and, like, um, I feel like competitions is the the route to start with, mm. I think. And I think a lot of people, it's like that as well. But especially in New Zealand, like, I don't know, um, to make it to overseas, you need to prove yourself first. And I think being one of the Grommies, you have to do that through competitions to start off with. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I actually, like, looking back at it, I did heaps and heaps of comps when I was younger mm. and like but nowhere near as much I think as uh like Americans do they have oh. like a pretty hectic tour I think and um so is there a whole junior circuit over there that's yeah I don't really like they have rev tour and stuff and USASA and um yeah I did the um junior world heli challenge the one year that they hosted it no way yeah so they had um uh is it Will Harris? Harris Mountain? Heli Ski? Um, I'm, I, I I'm not too remember. sure. I thought uh, it was Tony Harrington. Oh, it's Tony behind, Harrington. The brain's Sorry. Um, but yeah, so competed in... Oh, like, got an entry into that. and. So who was with you on, on this Junior World Heli? Oh, my brother. Oh, yeah. And then Finn, and Finn Billis and Hank Billis were doing it. I think Dylan might have been the only only snowboarder 
right. and the guy snowboarder. And then there was a, another girl from um, Australia, Mahala Mullins, and she was riffing. And it was sick. Like, it was honestly the funnest comp I've ever done. We spent, like, most of the week up um, treble cone and, like, hiking out the back and then riding side hits down uh, triple treat. And did you have guide, uh, some sort of coaching or guiding? Yeah, I can't remember who was with us, but there was just, like, it was crazy. There was so much going on and, like, so many people involved, kind of, like, teaching kids, like, all of us kids how to, um, I guess, get into backcountry and free riding side Mm. of things. Like, but it was the only comp around, really, that was doing it, but... Yeah, it was the only year that they'd ever they've ever done it. Mm. But um, yeah, and then we had a comp day that was a heli day, and we ended up just building kickers and hitting them, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, <laughs> thinking that we had a heli, and we ended up just building jumps. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of to be expected when you got a bunch of um, grommets, though, eh? The, yeah, all that you know. Yeah. Seems to be the priority then. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And did you end up joining HPC the through Kadrona? Yeah. Yeah. So I um yeah, coached with Billsy and then after Snowpark closed I just rode that year for myself and um just like would go up whenever like weekend warrior but then also convince my dad to drop me up the mountain after like during morning tea and then come pick me up at the end of the day sick. had one of those years which was super sick and then going into the next season um i was like to my parents like i really want to do hbc and ended up coaching with crispin lipscomb oh yeah yeah uh half fight rider and um yeah it was pretty like i that was kind of the year that i really progressed from i guess like just like learned so many new tricks I think I did my first seven that year and um had a pretty good crew like there were lots of girls in the program as well which was cool for me because I'd only ever ridden with guys and then yeah that following year I think that spring camp ended up joining the like national development team oh right which was with Mitchell, Davin, oh, Fletcher, un- Craig. Sorry. Uh, Mitchell Brown, I mean Mitchell Davin, is only allowed to be called Steve's McGee's. Steve's McGee's. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Steve's McGee's, uh, Fletcher, Craig, Tian Collins, Ronan, Thompson, and Lockie Blackmore. Oh, so that shit. was the crew. And then, um, yeah, we uh, ended up getting to go on a six-week um, camp over in Colorado, rode Breckenridge and Keystone. And, yeah, that's really where everything kind of happened. Like, that was really the start of everything for me. Oh, rad. I th- yeah. um, that was Mitch Brown Yeah, Mitch Brown then. coaching. So I think um, that's where I first actually met you informally. Yeah. So I was working over there for Ryan. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember who I tell the story on, so what episode, so I'll keep it brief. But I remember just seeing you in the corner. <laughs> And, like, all those other guys were being, like, goober teenage boys, you know. I think Ronan, Ronan had actually had his pass taken on for going speeding. Yeah, I remember um, cause that. Because Breckenridge is gnarly about that shit. Yeah, yellow and, jackets. And one of the mums didn't like it when I told him that the mistake he made was getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember seeing you in the corner and Mitch is like, oh, that's, that's Zoe over there. It's like, oh, rad, that's who Damien's putting boards under. 
and then um, seen you later on, seeing all you guys at the top of the park, and you dropped in and did this wildcat that I fucking freaked out on. Because <laughs> I was like, no way, that fucking board was tweet just, oh my god, it's how Jamie Lynn does them. You know? <laughs> and I thought, sure, I fucking ranted and raved about it because I'm known to do that. Anyway, sorry, listeners. Um, <clears throat> so that's some names that uh, a lot of our listeners are becoming more familiar with, like Tian and Steve McGee's and... Yeah. Yeah, so shit, you got a bit of history with those guys then. Yeah, yeah, I've been riding with those guys since I was 13, mm. and yeah, it's been like that for a long time, which is super sick, like, mm. progressed with those guys and like, gone through a lot of stuff, but um, yeah, that first, that first season in Breck was insane, getting to mm. ride, and like, doing comps overseas, I think, I don't remember doing so, very well in the comps that we got to do, but um, it was still so sick. Like, So what was your first impression when you went to your first overseas comp? Like, let, mm. let's go with this season we're talking about now. Yeah. Like your first comp of that season. What was your first impression? What, like this like, past one? Oh, no, no, the season we're talking about was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, it was kind of weird. Like, it was super, like, grommy. The comp we did but mm. there was just so much depth and so many riders compared to in new zealand was you know? the standard quite a bit higher than what you're used to in new zealand or i feel like it was i don't know maybe a bit higher but pretty similar actually oh yeah but it was real cool just being able to compete against more people like it's it was pretty hard competing in like the girls category where You'd be versing maybe two other girls, yeah. and you're guaranteed a podium. But there, it was like maybe a few more, and like I don't know, just a bit more depth. Mm. And uh, you were writing stuff that um, you weren't like writing all the time. Like you'd always be up Cardi's um, riding mm. the park, and then you'd compete on it. But there, it was just like you'd travel to a comp, and then have that morning of practice or mm. that the day before and then you competed on it you know yeah. it was a lot different and um but that was really cool like yeah I don't remember doing very well that season like no. comp wise but I learned so many new tricks and like just got to do so much free riding as well exploring um up Breck which super sick and mm. yeah oh sweet and with JJ and Carlos kicking around at this time yeah with you guys were they were they a bit older than you guys though oh they're a bit older um at the time we were the national we were the grom team and they were the the scene like the the big dogs you know yeah like but yeah got to ride with them a few times when we were over there which was cool and um yeah but they were kind of like they were on the pedestal you know like we were too nervous to talk to him and stuff like that oh, really so, well i was <laughs> holy shit same with christy as well like yeah yeah but yeah st- i mean fuck christy that's one of those moments still which, you know like holy shit that's oh, you know. yeah exactly mm. yeah and especially being me like pretty shy um when i was younger so yeah i guess yeah didn't really know how to talk to my idols but yeah yeah um, and so Mitchell Brown was coaching at this time, and I guess it's been from that moment till now he's been, him and Sean Thompson have been your coaches? Yeah, yeah. So since, uh, yeah, since I was 13, and then um, just recently transitioned into 
coaching with Tomo, Sean Thompson. Oh, right. But um, it's like a we're always working together, like everyone mm. at Snow Sports. So, yeah, though having those two, like Tomo just knows so much technical stuff. It's actually mm. ridiculous. And then Mitch has, like, lived it, you know. Yes. Lived the whole pro life. So, yeah, just having their knowledge has been... I guess you've got both bases covered then, right? Yeah, got, all bases covered. Like Mitch knows what's what's like to stand on top of the yeah the course. Yeah. And so when you say uh, Tomo's got a tactical dial, like what exactly? Oh, technical. Technical. Sorry. Um, just like the way that he can explain tricks and stuff, like oh, right. as a coach, and I don't know, it's just like he's like a guru. Yeah, yeah he understands snowboarding yeah. very well. Yeah. So is, is Mitch still involved or is it just Tomo now? Uh, both of them. Both of them, Both Sorry. of them. Um, Tomo's more in the lead though. Like, um, yeah, do like more work with Tomo. But um, yeah, work with both of them really well. So yeah, it's pretty sick having those two. Sweet. Yeah, yeah good dudes too. And is there some competition highlights that spring to mind be worth talking about um competition highlights do you mean overall or like coming up let's let's take the olympics out of it because we're going to talk about that Mm -hmm. a bit later on yeah but there is there some moments in competition side of things that you've done where you're like fuck yeah that's my shit or (laughs) something that you're like man that's you know i can't believe that that's just happened that's yeah um must have been my first World Cup, I, um, yeah, I just learned how to dub Wildcat that season before in New Zealand, and then we'd gone overseas and we were in Breck and it was early season, pretty, pretty firm, and it was like the biggest jump I'd ever hit. It was at Copper, and first competition being on the actual team and stuff, and managed to put it down in my run and. Um, yeah, got the props from Spencer O'Brien afterwards. I ended up in ninth, which was super sick, like first World Cup. And yeah, Spencer said it was dope and same with Jamie and yeah. Red. That meant a lot to me. Like Well that's two yeah. pretty good opinions right there, eh? If, yeah. If they say that's cool then Yeah. Shit you. Exactly. Right. But um yeah, other comp highlights, like it's so hard to pinpoint them because, yeah, like a lot of them like mean different things to me. Mm. But um, probably like winning, I uh, got like my first X Games in Aspen and coming second in Big Air and first in Slope was pretty insane. Yeah. Like pretty, like so crazy to look back at that it actually happened. <laughs> yeah, to place on both events. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty bonkers, especially... Um now where it feels like you've got everyone sort of a specialist, you've got your big ear specialist and your soap style specialist and that sort of thing. Mm. That's pretty rare. Yeah, that was pretty insane. Like, it was super weird as well, like, because um, that previous season was the Olympics and I was only invited for Big Air. And um, so I knew I was in for Big Air and I got my invite um, that previous December. But was this the Korean Olympics? Yeah. Right. But... um. Yeah, because, yeah, they invited me to Big Air because I'd done well at the Olympics. and But I'd also hurt my knee from what, during training, and I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to go. Yeah. 
Um, but it ended up being um, a pretty superficial injury, I'm pretty sure, and um, ended up getting to go. But I was second alternate for Slopestyle. Yeah. So you get an invite, and it was in for Big Air, second alternate for Slopestyle, and I was just like mainly focused on Big Air while I was there, but still doing the slope, slope um, practice and trying to put my best run down, like do a run I'd never done before. Who was ahead of you in Slopestyle? Um, Claudia Medlova, oh, first right. alternate. And, um, yeah, like, Jamie, I think, ate it in Big Air. She, yeah. like, busted her face. Like, there's pictures Fuck. of her on the podium. She was doing a front ten pictures of her on the podium with, like, gnarly black eye. And I think she rattled her head pretty hard so she didn't compete in slope. And then, so then I got bumped up to first, alternate. And um, I think, yeah, this was two days after Big Air. And, um, yeah, I was first alternate and I was, like, shitting myself that morning because, you know, if anything happened to any of the other girls I was in. And yeah. I was pretty nervous because I was completely exhausted. It's, like, six days of riding in a row. And, you know, you're doing your best tricks. Mm. And because you're, you're doing your best tricks, you're fucking eating it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, like, was having the worst practice probably of my life. And then... Um, there was like a half an hour between like practice and then like warm up for um, the comp and in that half an hour I got told that I was in the event because Claudia hurt her ankle and I was like shit like I was just like laying on the floor in the athlete tent so exhausted and like I was like I don't even know if I can go out and snowboard right now because I'm like so beat up so you have to dig dig deep for that one yeah dug deep and then um yeah, ended up going out for practice, having, like, got back-to-back -back lines, which I'd never done before. Oh, I don't know. Have I... Had I done them before? But, like, linked them so good, and I was so stoked. Got my run, and then, yeah, went into the comp and just managed to lace it, I think. Mm. I can't remember when, but it was... Felt so good, and, yeah, I was sitting pretty good and ended up winning, which was pretty insane. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's pretty sweet, man. I mean, yeah. I can't even imagine deal with thing, uh, dealing with that sort of pressure, especially, you know, like most of us riders, you know, Joe Bloggs riders, you're like, oh, I'm tired, I'm going to go and have a coffee and a pie. And, uh, <laughs> and you're tired, you're like, no, nah, get back up and yeah. go and do, like, the best shit you can do. It's like, holy yeah. shit. So, oh, we're sort of segueing into the Olympics anyway, so fuck it, we'll just go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, so I do want to speak about the Olympic experience. Like, first of all, that switchback nine, like, big fan. <laughs> Thanks. Um, switchback nine, like, what was the choice? Why was that your choice of track? Because, holy shit, switchback nine. Like, yeah, um, it was because I was trying to get a nine before the Olympics. I think, no, what happened was it was the New Zealand season before the Olympics and we went to Mammoth and went to go hit an airbag to try stuff and I was trying nines and I think they weren't going so well and then tried a front 10 and um like got it into the airbag but then when I went to go try it on snow I completely went way too big and smashed myself and ended up dislocating my elbow and then I was out for like six weeks of the New Zealand season which was such a bummer but mm. yeah it was like ticking down until the Olympics and I was like fuck I don't have a nine, I don't have a 10 going mm. in and like that's what I wanted. And then yeah, spring camp um, up Kadrona, 
just like trying to learn new tricks and did a back nine I switched back nine they ended up working but they were so like uncoordinated so separated and yeah ended up um I don't know what happened but I think went overseas before the Olympics training and did a switch back nine where it was like full like together and like that doubly cork kind of mm. thing and it just worked like it was just crazy and then yeah wanted to do it in my slope style run at the olympics but didn't get didn't get the opportunity and then yeah like i don't know how it ended up going like full switch back five cork to full like front three cork but right. like i was super super stoked with how it looked which mattered a lot to me so yeah. Oh, it's just an awe. It's like, wow, this is, yes, you know, the Olympics is a huge deal. This is the first time where a lot of people are actually going to know the name Zoe Sinner. It's like, wow, like, that's your track? Because switchback anything scares the fucking shit out of me. Like, <laughs> a foot off the ground, like, ah, oh, you know, like, yeah. holy shit. And we are like, oh, fuck, I was with someone in Japan, we seen that, we're just like, wow. Yeah, like, yeah, it um, feels pretty good. Like, yeah. But well, yeah, it's just that front side and switch back are the ones for me it might have been i want to say it was will but i could be wrong because i think we were talking about like wow remember when that trick was the bastion of about 10 international pros mm. you know and it's like, wow <laughs> so like well how did you deal with the pressure at the top of the drop-in like you got the world's media on you you got people that don't even know what they're looking at with snowboarding yeah is there how how do you deal with that um yeah, the Olympics was pretty crazy because, like, I'd had a good run qualifying. Like, I'd won a World Cup the previous season and then I went into the Olympics um, as kind of, like, I felt like there was a lot of pressure because mm. I felt like from the New Zealand side of things, like, some people knew who I was and I just wanted to do well. Mm. And, like, yeah, at, during practice and going into the competition, like... For slope style, slope style was first, and then big air was the next week. Like slope style, I was doing like pretty well, and I was stoked with how I was riding. And then they ended up cancelling qualifiers and holding a two-run final in women's, but it was pretty windy on the day. Like there's some controversy over whether the competition should have held, been held or not. But um, like, yeah, the way I look at it is, it's a competition who's the best rider on the day and the best in the conditions like no matter what the conditions are so mm. like everyone was just going for it and um I was honestly I don't know what happened but like soon as I got up there after practice it was just like holy shit I've never like experienced this pressure before like mm. ever and yeah dropped into my first run and ended up like losing all my speed between the like uh, this like setup feature into the first jump just because of the wind and right. um, fully cased this jump just like I was going completely straight but like ate it so hard and like hurt my elbow and my um, and my knee but I didn't tell anyone because I was like I can't like make a big deal out of it because I might not be able to like if I've actually hurt myself I won't be able to do my second run and so I didn't I didn't tell anyone and I went into my second run like freaking out because I was just like in so much pain 
and ended up crashing on the easiest part of my run like this back five off this tiny thing and um but I crashed and then I did a dub wildcat on the last jump because I was just like fuck if I can make up two places why not you know like just make up some points but yeah I was like super crushed when yeah it was a two-run final so it was just riding on two runs the whole Olympic event and yeah didn't do as well as I wanted to like I thought my run could have been up there like definitely make it into finals and like if I had laced it Mm. like who knows what would have happened but like I just put a lot of pressure on myself and Mm. then yeah going into big air was like a whole different story because you know like I felt like slope style was more of my event so I was like oh it's big air like chilling like just go have some fun like do some sick tricks and um yeah it just like I was super injured going into it it had like was pretty taped up but um ended up getting the switch back nine and then um yeah it just like worked on finals day like got the switch back nine first run dub cat and then tried to front 10 and like I managed to yeah make it on the podium next to Jamie and Anna which was pretty unreal that is pretty unreal eh? yeah it was yeah it was wild actually just like I don't know just it's a pretty hectic experience like you don't really know how you're gonna how you're gonna like react to it or like um until you're really in it Mm. and it was pretty crazy for me just like dealing with that pressure and just yeah trying to make the most of the situation and um yeah, the mindset going into bigger, mm. just like, I don't really care what happens, just like riding, you know, yeah. just have fun. And yeah, it just worked out. So you sort of blank out the, the media hype. Oh, exactly. Just focus on what you're doing. Yeah, like, and that's kind of what I've carried into every single competition I've done um, after that. Like, mm. just don't even worry about it, just have fun and mm. um, do some snowboarding. So after the Olympics, obviously you come back with a bronze medal. Yeah. And that was... Uh, a lot of us were trapping, and I think a lot of the nation that probably knew nothing would have been suddenly you're this household name, and you were how old were you? Sixteen. So, how do you handle that pressure at sixteen? So I remember when I was sixteen, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> right. um, and suddenly you've got the nation's media on you. Does that mature you quicker, or is there a balance? Or um, I don't know. It's kind of weird when I look back and think of. Uh how I handled it and like everything but I don't know I'm I'm pretty shy so and especially at that time I was super shy and I didn't realize like what happened after you won an Olympic medal like Mm. how much media and exposure and um just kind of like attention you got yeah which I don't know it was hard for me just because like I'm I don't like deal with that very well but like learning how to deal with that was huge and it was just so cool to see like how many people got into skiing and snowboarding after that Mm. after those olympics because seeing me and nico win bronze like it's pretty big like the olympics is huge yeah that's right nico too yeah and because you both won bronze on the same day or something yeah same day um i think like I don't even know how long apart, but yeah, won bronze and then went into drug testing and um, was watching him on the TV before I had to go and pee. And then when I came out from peeing, he was 
he was in third and he'd, he'd come third. So it was a few hours apart, but it was pretty sick. We were both, both 16, both from Monica and both on Red Bull, which was just like pretty crazy. But it was cool because like... Shit, the marketing people yeah. couldn't dream up a better situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was pretty crack up. Um, but yeah, like to go through all that stuff with him was cool because like... I don't know how I would have dealt with it if I was on my own. So, yeah. yeah. So, a good support network. Yeah, yeah exactly. Did, um, <clears throat> like, Snow Sports or whoever's responsible, did they put you through some sort of a, a course, for lack of a better word, being like, look, this is how you deal with the media and this is how you compose yourself or yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, had done a, done a lot of media training uh, prior to the Olympics, but mm. nothing really prepares you. Like, you don't really know how it's going to go until the camera's in your face, you know? Mm. Like, and, um, like, you just get better and better at it mm. through time. So but it's got to be a bit, you know, there's one thing being interviewed by someone that, what, well, a, a media, like, say, a snowboard-based media thing where they mm. understand snowboarding and so on and so yeah. forth. And uh, it's got to be a bit different when you're dealing with media that doesn't know anything about snowboarding and you sort of have to adjust how you pose yourself or yeah exactly like but it was just so hard to understand at 16 that yeah that's how it was and like it was pretty nuts like flew back to New Zealand a few days after um after the closing ceremony and yeah just got thrown into uh interviews and like morning shows and stuff like that in Auckland and like on the radio and stuff just like we were just had this car where um Alex would take us to all the different stuff and um, it was pretty hectic but like super sick experience and like yeah like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was oh, just crazy can't, can't even imagine and uh, yeah unreal um, you mentioned Anna and Jamie and I think it'd be kind of cool we'd talk about the state of women snowboarding mm. and because uh, I'm an outsider looking in, but from what I can tell, your generation's really taken things way through the roof. Yeah. Maybe, and I'm just interested in your take on things, like who who you're looking at, that you're like, whoa, that's the shit. And, yeah. And, I mean, I'm pretty blown away that Jamie's still, she's been at it for a long time, is still holding her own competitive-wise. Yeah, yeah and, she's amazing. Like, I have so much respect for her. She's been in it for so long and still on top. Like, that's what, like, like it's pretty inspiring. Mm. And, yeah, like, the state right now is pretty sick. Um, like, I never expected to truly be a part of it. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, pretty crazy progression inside and outside competitions and yeah. as well as um, filming and video parts of magazines. Like, there's so much more like exposure and girls doing like super crazy stuff mm. so like yeah I think like one of the main things was uh big air being included in the Olympics because prior to that there was I don't know what it was but like there was a pretty base run where it was like 557 five, or 577 right yeah and um when Big Air got included, Anna had done, like, a cab dub nine. Mm. And that started being, like, that's how you won, you know? Mm. Like, you have to step it up. And it becomes a lot more simple when it's just, like, another 180, you know? Yeah. 
but it's also not simple like it's but always you, it's really hard is there sort of a but, thing you break it down be like you know like say to me a nine would sound daunting mm. but is that when you're like oh that's just a 360 on top of a 540 yeah sort of thing yeah that's a good way to break up yeah. tricks like and even to think about how to do a trick mm. it's like a five and a three but, but it's interesting yeah. that you said before like you had that base thing of five fives and sevens and, yeah and um and i'm I might get slaughtered in the comments <laughs> on here, but I really feel like your generation propelled women's snowboarding beyond that. It's just yeah. like, I remember when uh, it was either Tara Dakitas or um, Jana Mayan was doing nines back in the early 2000s in yeah. the air comps. Mm. Well, people I were doing them, but they weren't. Yeah. And now it seems to be like your generation's made nines, tens, dubs, and yeah. everything beyond that way more consistent yeah and um well was that from watching your peers and adding another 180 onto tricks or was that from coaches that sort of thing or? um i don't know a lot of it i don't know like seeing like when i was younger seeing like anna do a cab dub nine and then uh freaking claudia medlova did a front dub 10 it was pretty loose and and I learned how to back, back dub 10 like I was I was coming up when that sh- that stuff started going yeah. down you know and it was sick like kind of be on the outside looking so in was that the standard presented to you as you were coming yeah into the exactly scene? which right. was super sick for me because like yeah I tried my first front 10 when I was 15 and <laughs> like like that was that's how it is you know like mm. you see that when you're younger and you're like this is this is where you need to be and mm. so yeah you push to get there you know yeah um but it's still so sick because like like i remember going to the olympics when i was 16 i'd only ever done a switchback nine but there was kokomo murasi who's japanese she was the first girl to do a 12 on a snowboard it was back dub 12 and um just laced it and she was 12 and it was like holy shit this is the new standard now yeah. you know like, I still haven't even done a 12, but it's like, this is like this is where you need to be and everyone's chasing that. So that's that pivotal moment where you're like, yeah. fuck, we've got to go that yeah. way. Yeah, and which is pretty awesome and, like, um, like super, like, inspired by anyone who is, like, I'm the first one to do this, you know, like, Anna mm. doing f- the freaking cab triple underflip. Pretty loose, like... So cab triple underflip. Yeah, she was first I'm, I'm... to do a triple... Fuck, I'm, do- I'm just trying to work out the motion, the body motion's in my head on that Yeah, one. Like, it's pretty, yeah, pretty fuck. crazy. Damn. Don't know if I'd ever want to do that. I think I'd go the more spinning route, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, it's pretty exciting being a part of it and, like, mm. I don't know, always trying to progress and sometimes it feels like you're not getting there, but, like, it's just, like, little things, you know, mm. working your way up and, because, I don't know adding a 180 like the higher you go like when you move from like nine to ten adding a 180 is a bit more extra effort than from going to five to seven you know like really yeah it's just from the more rotations in the year or yeah and just like i don't know bigger jump and everything it's just like i don't know mm. it's been like with every trick actually it's just like such a battle well, every time you know some of some of these some of these um tricks that the crew's doing now they're mm. huge like like you're saying like a cab triple under yeah 
So that obviously requires a bigger jump. Yeah. Is, like, how's that? Because, like, say the big air jump at Cadrona, like, I'm watching the crew hit that, and I'm like, mm. man, that's the size of a fucking building. Yeah. Like, you it's couldn't massive. pay me to hit that. Like, <laughs> is, is there a moment where you just, like, fuck this? Like, no, we're, or, or you're like, no, I'm, I'm being paid, I've got to step up and. Uh, no. So I'm wording this wrong, is it? It's. Like, like, do you feel like there's moments where you put. You've been presented with a feature that you're like, you know. Yeah, and, definitely. And if you have that moment, do you have the option to be like, no, nah, I'm pulling out? Yeah. And. Yeah, there's like, well, with everything, like, like doesn't matter the feature or like maybe it is a feature that you're kind of like terrified of, never hit it before, but it's just mm. like. It's like when you're presented with anything, like, I don't know, doing a backflip off the Albert Town Bridge, and it's like, mm. I can either not do it, or I can do it, yeah. you know? And that's just kind of how it is with everything in snowboarding, you know? You have that moment where it's like, it's like risk over reward, but um, it's like, I'm very calculated with, like, the tricks I'm doing, like, mm. I'm not, like, I'll, I'll huck something sometimes. But then also, like, you have to make sure that you, like, know what you're doing. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely, you're just, like, you know, when you're standing at the, like, about to drop in and you're, like, it's either I do this or I don't, you mm. know? And usually it's, like, you're doing it. It's just, like, how you get there by, like, I don't know, how you, like, um, convince yourself to do it in your brain or, like, you go through the motions of doing, I don't know, the tricks below it or mm. whatever, but, like, you always want to be aiming to get there, you know? Because mm, like, I guess you can't drop an uncommitted. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, a weird mental thing, but <laughs> mm. I don't know. But, um, no, fair enough. I remember I was, you know, trapping on that big air jump, but then someone was like, well, that's actually the safest jump in the park. So yeah. Like, what do you mean? It's huge. You're like, no, nah, but the science that goes into that to make sure that the riders hit the landing mm. is like phenomenal like, yeah damn. and uh, hoping uh, Matt Slocum's going to come on and actually talk about the science of building yeah. those things a little bit too yeah yeah a lot of trust um, in those boys up at Cadrona Parks like oh, they know their shit like mm. it's super sick like, well we've just unintentionally perfectly segued into I wanted to talk about Cadrona and the park crew and the Cadrona mm. vibes you obviously work pretty closely with the park crew Mm. with what you're doing um how is the Cadrona vibes and the park crew and features that they build mm. that sort of thing um yeah like shout out to Cadrona park crew you guys are sick <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so pretty sick crew up there like I don't think I've seen anything like it out of everywhere I've gone riding overseas like yep. those guys are froth snowboarding so hard and are so invested in like the features and who's riding them like it's so sick and yeah with the features they build like you know they they know their shit they have good ideas and um yeah they'll like we we always have like um features that we want because they might be in a competition or like might be a sick feature and work with them to make it happen mm and um yeah they always pull it off pretty perfect yeah yeah it's pretty unreal but well, this, um this fella's got a lot of experience yeah a lot of experience and um yeah like that crew is 
crazy sick. Like, yeah. So, like, the first um, backed up 10 I ever did last year, actually, um, there was, I had, I think, eight cameras on me. And it was because every single one of the like, it was, like, Maddie and Jack and Matt and everyone, they were all filming me on their iPhones because they were just, like... <laughs> Just hyping me up. They're all sick. fans too, eh? Yeah, and they just like froth snowboarding, you know. Mm. Oh, it's cool. And such a, um, <clears throat> as far as riding ability, that crew's got someone that can handle, like Slocum is a greasy on the rails and yeah. boxes. Just so greasy. So greasy. And then you got Jack, who's like the jump dude. Yeah. You know, and, Bloody and everyone in between. Yeah. And Maddie Steele's kicking in there somewhere. Bloody Maddie Steele. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when the visiting pros were coming over and stuff, was that a thing where you'd be sort of like showing them essentially your backyard? Um, like in the snow park days. Oh, oh no, like say with Cadrona. Oh, recently. And that sort of thing. Um, yeah, pretty much. It's mm. like it's been kind of crazy the last two seasons because we haven't had anyone else yeah. come in, but. Um, like, and when people would show up, it's like, yeah, this is our spot. Mm. And, like, um, we know the park, like, inside and out. And then, yeah, it was pretty sick. It's pretty sick when everyone comes and visits and, like, yeah. they kind of paint their own picture on the park. It's pretty sick. Well, it's neat. last year and this year it's been kind of weird. But it did present us with one of the yeah, more interesting competitions uh, last year with Obsidian. Um, how was your Obsidian experience? Because I was tripping. When those teams were announced, I was like, wow, this is actually anyone's. Yeah. Like, whose team were you on? Um, I was on Team Cosmo, yellow team. Um, right. It was me, um, Janina Cosmo, mm-hmm. and... Um, oh, my God, I'm having a blank. Mitchell Davin, JJ. Sorry, Steve McGee. Steve McGee, <laughs> JJ... <laughs> Um, Blake Marshall. My God, I feel so bad. I'm having a blank. Oh, it's a couple of well, one of the Wells boys must have been. Yeah, Wacko. Yeah. yeah, Wacko pulled us through, and um, maybe another ski. It's Blake, Janina. Well, first of all, how was it having Janina as a captain? Because she's fucking gnarly. Yeah, as like free riding and yeah. skiing goes, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was super sick, like, so doing was, the free ride event with her. Is that her. one of those things where it's going to fire you up a little bit more? You're like, fuck, my captain can step to gnarly as shit and this yeah. one can step up? Or? Yeah, that's, like, how it was in the free ride event because, like, yeah, Janina has a lot of um, history there and has, like, mm. transitioned into that after competing in pipe. So, yeah, having her as a captain... Um, was awesome and she ended up winning the free ride and like doing the best line and yeah, yeah. so much of, respect of course she did yeah <laughs> um but yeah that event was so sick like covid happened and we were just all chilling in our homes in our bubbles and um when we got out winter games came forward and we're like um like we have an idea for this event and we can't run a usual world cup or anything but like this idea uh, is what we've got and ended up being like the sickest thing ever mm. and like every rider who was involved was also involved in like how it was running and stuff like that and like um, yeah so we had um, three teams red green and yellow mm. and um, 
then three sets of filmers, like one filmer crew for each team, and we like um, we competed in a bigger rail jam and free ride, and then a mountain video and a um, the filmers did their own video contest, mm. and yeah, so it was like you got points over where you ranked on each of the days and so what was your yeah. mountain you had we got remarkables oh nice how was that uh it was icy oh. <laughs> it was oh, no. it was um fuck, i can't remember what time of year it was but yeah it was pretty icy i ended up like starting i was like pretty exhausted and started feeling feeling sick and i was like covid so i boosted in oh, the morning because right. um, we had the rail jam the next day and I was like hopefully don't have COVID and didn't <laughs> infect anyone with COVID because pretty paranoid about that yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally but yeah that was super fun like mm-hmm. like they ran it so well it might have been JJ we talk about it no I think the thing I took away from the whole obsidian was both ski and snowboarders uh, blown away with how much talent we have in this country yeah it's usually when you got your overseas crew coming in and everyone's focused on there's Their a lot more focus stuff. on them and it's diluted yeah. and i i was just blown away with like the talent we have it's not just in the park but on no, the whole it's mountain everywhere and yeah unreal yeah and, the depth that like we've managed to keep over all these years in new zealand like skiing mm. snowboarding free riding and in the park is mm. is just insane and um, also how I think there was probably about three generations of riders from like yeah. Sam and Will J and uh, Janina's generation down to you guys. I'm sure there was a generation below you guys in there as well. Nah, I think we were the younger were ones, younger. but then there was like... I was being like um, JJ and Carlos would be sort of... Yeah, JJ, oh. Mm. There was, there's like a big gap. Like I would have been 19 and then Jossie's like... And Janina are like in their 30s, so mm. I guess there is quite a, quite a big gap. And I've mentioned Will, because I've seen somewhere that he was an inspiration on in your free riding. Yeah. How so? Um, well, it was just pretty sick, like seeing a Kiwi um, create video parts. Like he was the one of the main ones that I got to really see that happen to and like kind of blow oh. up, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah like pretty sure he was with us during the world heli challenge but don't quote me on that because i yeah. can't really my memory is so bad but um yeah in the recent years like watching um like i've only really gotten into free riding in the last two three years mm. um but um like seeing him his name come up as like guiding jamie over in um in Japan for her movie was super sick because like he's still so invested in it and like mm. so still repping as well. Oh, sorry. Um, did you get to write with Will, or what, did he become an inspiration through the media you're watching, or did you get to see him and ride with him? Um, it was more media watching in the last few years. Like oh, there okay. was like, I got to ride with him up snow park heaps because like new abbey yeah and then like we were just down the road from them um and then yeah it was like on the chairlift with will because abby was i was i was riding with abby and stuff like that so yeah mm. and then yeah in the recent years 
um, watching his videos and stuff. But, like, I think there's, like, a crazy gap in... Um, I don't know what it was, but, like, after Snowpark closed, I think, like, the media side of New Zealand snowboarding, like, NewZealandSnowboarding.com and stuff like that, because that kind of disappeared. Mm. Uh, and so it was hard. And then also New Zealand Snowboarder magazine was sort of... It wasn't what it used to be as well. Yeah. It, we, I think we've seen the decline a little bit yeah. in media in New Zealand. Yeah, there was a, there's been a crazy decline, especially after Snowpark closed. But, mm. yeah, being, like... Coming up through that was, like, super weird because you couldn't really tell what was going on, you mm. know? Like, except of what you saw up the mountain. Like, because yeah. there wasn't anyone, like, I guess, like, talking about it as yeah. much anymore. But, um, yeah. Mm. So you said you've only been freeriding for a couple of years. And I remember... Um I got a, a phone call last year from Dion Newport, who mm-hmm. organised one of the Freeride World Tour competitions over at Remarkables uh, last year. It went something along the lines of, dude, guess who's entered my competition? It's like, who? And he's like, Zoe fucking Sinner. <laughs> <laughs> like, rad. Um, he was so fired up to, to have you on. And um, so what was the... <clears throat> Well, what was the inspiration behind going and competing in a freeride competition when there's so much at stake with slopestyle competitive mm. riding? Um, yeah, I was super excited to that to do that event. Shout out to Dion. Um, yeah, because I, I got into the four-star and I hadn't even done a two-star before, so I kind of just, like, got to jump ahead. But I guess, yeah, that's just kind of what happens sometimes. But, yeah, um, yeah so after the Olympics, kind of, like, slowed down on the whole I guess like kind of needed a bit of a break but not really like didn't really take a break but started getting up TC way more and exploring that side of snowboarding um my boyfriend is a huge uh like loves freeride skiing and he's um on the qualifiers for the freeride world tour and yeah just uh rode heaps with him and was just up TC a bunch and that's really where I got super into it and um, yeah and then was watching all the freeride world tour events as well and I was like I really want to do this one day like Mm. um, do the tour and that the step was to do one of the freeride qualifiers Mm. and um, the year before last I was going to do it but I was like oh I've got I don't know about that I, I ended up watching the event and it just like fired me up to enter the next year and mm. like it was so fun mm. um so pretty crazy like different mm. to slope style and big air so yeah oh how so i mean apart from you're obviously riding uh, natural terrain yeah um what's the differences um well yeah natural terrain you don't get any practice you scope your line and then mm-hmm. drop in and you only get one run so it's like pretty make or break so you're relying on like a photographic memory yeah of where and certain... yeah it's a lot it's so different like with slope style you get heaps of practice runs mm. and everything's perfect the everything it's just like man-made and um rails and stuff but you can look at like a face free riding and like you know come up with your own way to ride it you know mm. it's not just like you've got these set features to hit going down like you can it's like up to you to like 
figure it out, you know, which is which was really cool. Mm. And um, yeah, I had heaps of fun doing that, and I did a bit of filming that same year last year. Um, just just wanted to do some filming after going to Japan with Burden and uh, kind of like um, learning that side of uh, snowboarding. So mm. yeah, how did you? How was your Japan trip? Um, Japan trip was sick. Like, um, was that your first time to Japan? No, I'd been to Japan before we actually went. Um, we have like a camp before going to the Olympics where we kind of get on the same time zone oh, and yes. um, just like chill out before the hecticness starts. Yeah. And we went to Hakuba in Japan and spent like maybe four days there. Went splitboarding with Tom Wilmot and. Um, oh, he's pretty he into was, that, eh? Yeah, he yeah. was like. Um, he was like guiding us with this other um, guy. I forgot his name. It was like. Can't remember, but um, <laughs> yeah, went splitboarding for the first time out there, and um, we didn't get the best snow, but it was still super sick. Mm. And then, yeah, the when I went to Japan with Burden, I'd actually uh, went with my boyfriend like three weeks before we went for New Year's, and we mm. went to Hakuba for like a week because um, he was staying there to do one of the free ride comps and. Um, had a sick time except it was super low tide and then yeah went off and did x games and due to a oh no it was x games so i was at x games and first day of x games i got a message i'd kind of like just gotten on the burden team Mm -hmm. got a message from one of the higher up guys and he was like yo we're going to japan to film for burden's movie do you want to come and i was like oh my god and it was just there was a week between X Games and Jew Tour and I was like, I can't say no to this opportunity. This mm. is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And yeah, ended up like freaking pretty like hectic. Went from finals for slope style to going out that night, getting home at four in the morning to going to the airport at seven in the morning and flying straight to Japan and then got to Japan um, pretty late at night and we went up to Asaidaki and yeah, went riding the next day and just got straight into it. Holy shit, so no, yeah. no adjustment, no nothing. Nah, nah. Shit, man. Who was on the, so Kelly Clark was on the trip. Who were some of the other? Um, Kelly Clark, well, was, Brock Crouch, and Red Gerard as riders. Holy shit, that's yeah. a pretty heavy, pretty heavy, pretty crew. heavy crew. Yeah, <laughs> it was so crazy. Yeah, that was my first time meeting Kelly, as well. I've known Brock and Red for a while, but mm. meeting Kelly for the first time was unreal. Mm, she's a bit of a legend too. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> absolute shit. legend, yeah. and um, learned so much from her on that trip. She was super, super kind and. Um, like taught me so much Mm. and just like because like really I had no idea what I'd kind of gotten myself into like I wanted to do it but I just didn't know what it really takes like you don't know until you're really in it but Mm. um she was just like helping me with like where to build something or like choose a line same with the boys and like like yeah all that stuff because she's she's had some experience like a lot of experience there um but 
it was like the most insane trip so fun just mm. rode every single day from like uh as early as we could go out until as late as we could get back just trying to get shot and it was kind of a bummer because this is when covid started mm. really ramping up around asia and we were in japan at the time but um and as well they were having like a record-breaking bad snowfall season so mm. um we got there the first day was just like magical japan mm. it was absolutely beautiful and the best snow ever till the last day it hadn't snowed since we were be- had been there the wind came in and kind of stripped yeah. everything and like um yeah and then covid and so like <laughs> when we were leaving it was like get me out of here instead of like yeah yeah, yeah. but um and how's it being with burton you're i'm guessing you're on the international yeah side of things it's yeah. been a relationship that's been going for a few years now yeah um yeah so i got on burton um I've been on them for like a year and a half now and like it was always my dream growing up but I never wanted to say anything because um you know how burden kind of dropped off in New Zealand for a while Mm. there which was such a bummer so I never thought it was would be possible to get on the burden team so when the opportunity presented itself I was just like super sad to leave Nitro but you know it's burden and like they welcomed me so so well and um yeah their team's just out the gate and it's just pretty unreal that they've invited you like come filming with these guys in japan like Like, it was insane it was like the best welcome to the team ever like i was blown away and um yeah they just yeah they definitely are like a family like you hear Mm. it but yeah those guys are pretty sick Mm. yeah so you mentioned COVID, and Mitch Brown told me I've got to ask you about COVID life overseas. Mm. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Um, yeah, so... kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, we kind of, like, did the crazy thing where went overseas to train and compete during a pandemic, which was a crazy decision for all of us to do, but mm. it was it's Olympic qualifying year, and we didn't really know how it was going to go and had to commit to doing two weeks quarantine coming home and Mm. everything it was hard to leave New Zealand like yeah so so comfortable here but like got to do what you got to do and yeah straight on the plane straight mask on you know and yeah this past season was pretty hectic like Mm. we were in the New Zealand team bubble um and didn't really know how it was going to go. So, like, when we first got over, we were super strict. Like, it was me, Steve McGee, Tian, <laughs> and Cool in a apartment in Austria. Mm. And then the coaches were upstairs in another apartment. But we were just, like, that paranoid that we didn't... We weren't allowed to see each other. We would, like, if we would go in someone else, like, their apartment wearing a mask you know mm. sanitize before you go and sanitize when you leave because you know if anything had happened when we got to the, our first comp like one of the coaches tested positive we weren't a close contact mm. so it was like we don't have to drop out of this event just because our coach got covid you know Shit, so that's a whole logistical nightmare yeah it was like around. a it was the craziest logistics i think that like we've ever like anyone's ever experienced it was hectic like mm shout out to everyone who helped like make it work but like 
Um, yeah, and only one person from the team was allowed to go to the grocery store. And yeah. when the groceries got back, we had to sanitise everything with um, disinfectant wipes. So literally, like, bananas. The, like the food eat. you're eating, you have to do that with. Yeah, so, like, if it was, like, packaged, you disinfect the plastic and banana, you disinfect the bananas and stuff. Like, Christ. just, you ha- had to be as safe as possible because really, no one really knew, like, how, like, we hadn't really experienced it in New Zealand, mm. you know, like, but, um, yeah, going to the first comp was super weird because, like, Everyone else had been living with it for six months mm. or nine months or whatever, and we were just experiencing it then. So we were like masks on while we were snowboarding. Mm. Like I wore it for like five hours straight when I went snowboarding, but then everyone else was just like mask off, like giving people hugs who they hadn't mm. seen and like since uh, that previous winter and like no mask on like didn't really care but um yeah a few people ended up testing positive not from the new zealand team but like from the u.s team and the canadian team and like yeah knew a lot of people who ended up getting it but luckily none of us did because yeah we were super strict and um Mm. we had to be just just because like that was the only way we could be Mm. overseas and like had to respect the fact that we were so lucky yeah. To be over there doing that, you know. Mm. So, I mean, it's just, you take your freedom of movement for granted when you have to experience that. Yeah, exactly. The other thing um, Mitchell Brown told me I need to ask you about is popping champagne bottles on podiums at a World Cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I got my first World Cup podium when I was 15 at a big air in Quebec. And I was on the podium with Anna Gasser and Julie Marino. I came third. And I didn't realise that, like, you had to... Didn't realise the logistics of a freaking champagne bottle and spraying it. Um, So, yeah, just kind of popped it and just started shaking it up and down, expecting it to spray everywhere. But you kind of have to hold it at the top and, like... (laughs) It's like, it's like there's a certain way to do it that I don't, you don't know until you, you do it. And I did not know how to do it, apparently. Oh, right. And, yeah. So you're busy on the other end. This is not what I expected. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I've learned my lesson. It's, mm. there's a way to do it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like an awkward thing on the podium where you just... <laughs> spraying the champagne bottle and you have a 15 year old who hasn't drunk before and <laughs> yeah. yeah it's yeah. yeah it was not my greatest moment <laughs> that's all right and uh, i've reached out to tomo and he's told me i need to ask you about china yeah so first time i went to china was for Aaron style in 2018 and like a lot of history in that comp and it was pretty amazing being able to experience that and we were in the i think it's called the beehive where they hosted the 2008 like running olympics and all these lights going on and like the biggest crowd that i'd ever competed with um and yeah it was super sick i ended up fourth and like yeah it's called aaron star for a reason and like a lot of stuff was going down it was super sick and then yeah ended up going to China the following year, end of 2019, 
do the same comp, um, but it wasn't. I think it was still Aaron style, but it was at the. Um, it was at the where they're gonna host these next Olympics, like the jump, oh, yeah. like the scaffold jump. But it's not scaffold; it's like permanently there. But anyway, we went up to this place called Tiger Ridge, which is like just uh, west of the North Korean and Chinese border. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty in the middle of nowhere. But they've got a super sick terrain park, and we were trading up there. First day we were there, um, like there were a bunch of Aussies who ran it, but like they had just gotten there, and so the guys who were in charge there, the Chinese guys, they didn't trust the Aussies on the sleds, so they were like, "Oh, my guy's gonna do it." And there was obviously the language barrier, um, lost in translation and stuff like that. I ended up hopping on the sled with this guy who. It was negative 20 out and he wasn't wearing gloves. He wasn't wearing a helmet or a beanie. I don't even think he was wearing like gl- like glasses or goggles or anything. Just Holy nothing. Shit. Just a jacket and some snow pants and some boots. And just driving the sled up. And Tian was getting towed on the back and I was sitting with this guy um, just behind him on the sled. And he rolls past the terrain park. Tian hops off like just let's go with the rope i couldn't get off and like straight after the terrain park like it was pretty flat but then it goes into like the steepest steepest hill like that would be like it's a hill climb you know mm. on a sled and this guy obviously didn't know what he was doing like he didn't even wear the right stuff to be driving a sled and he stalls halfway up and we start rolling back and then like oh, no do like some weird like freaking pretty much catch our toes like the sled catches its toes and just slams starts rolling down the hill and we're on it and like just get thrown off and smack my head this guy gets thrown off and i try to like communicate with him like i was pretty you know when you uh like get hurt doing something stupid and you're just like angry but you're angry at yourself Mm. i was like that and i was just like i was just like to this guy, like, oh, don't don't worry about me. Like, I'm just going to ride down. Like, I've got my snowboard. Don't worry about me. But he just didn't understand. But anyway, he hops back on the sled. I'm just sitting there doing up my bindings, watching this guy. And he starts um, cruising down the hill on the sled. And he starts fishtailing and does exactly the same thing, except rolling down the hill instead of... Oh, Christ. Yeah, the right way. And, um, yeah, catches. And the sled just goes rolling, parts flying everywhere. This guy gets rolled, and I'm just sitting there like, thank God I'm not on that again. Because <laughs> that was way worse than the first one. <laughs> and, um, yeah, after that, they let the Aussies, Aussies drive the sleds, and <laughs> I was pretty scared to hop on the back of a sled for a bit after that. But Understandable. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so what it was, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> what was it like competing in the air and style? Um, it was sick. Like, um, so yeah, we went, went from there. Did a did like ten days of uh, getting our tricks back before going to the comp. And yeah, it's where they're hosting the next Olympics that mm. that air and style we competed in. And um, they have like the accommodation where you stay like right across from it and it was super sick like fully lit up the best scaffold like you'll ever see and um yeah so 
we all started competing in that. I ended up um, doing pretty well. Like scaffold jumps are pretty gnarly compared to a normal big air, you know. Like, it's just snow's man-made, you know. Mm. And so that has a huge impact as well. It's on, doesn't have a base. It's just like all in there, but like they somehow have to build the jump and they can't get a cat to groom it, you know. Yeah. It's like a scaffold. And so it's just like qualities. <laughs> Not quite there compared to a normal snow, but, like, that's just what you have to deal with. And, mm. like, um, yeah, so it was, like, a little gnarly, but not too bad. And then... Because um, I guess, like, with a scaffold running, you don't have much room, right? So nah, no room whatsoever. No edge you, changes, you just got to pin it. <laughs> yeah, you just got to pin it. You kind of you slide down to where you're going to drop from, and then you just... Yeah, make sure that that's the spot where you have enough Fucking speed. Fucking hell. How do, and you, how do you figure out where's a good spot to drop in, though? It takes a not... long time, but you usually get there. But, yeah, those things are always icy, and landing's always icy as. But And the landing's are always shorter than, like, a normal jump, so, like, you don't want to go too big. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that one was super fun. That's going to be the Olympic big air, so got some time on that, and... Yeah, it was pretty sick. I ended up qualifying in second into finals. But uh, me, Tian, and Steve McGee's, we ended up going to the uh, Great Wall with the Canadian team. We had a day between qualies and finals, and we went to the Great Wall and ended up getting some dumplings there from <laughs> this pretty uh, sketchy spot. And I woke up in the middle of the night the next day um, with the runs. If you know what the runs yeah. are, yeah. and um, yeah, kind of had to call the team in the morning, tell them help me out. Like I'm, I'm not sure if I'm gonna make it to finals tonight. Um, and yeah, it was pretty awkward, but um, yeah, I was just pretty much didn't sleep that night and had a pretty shitty day and was just drinking heaps of electrolytes, trying to like feel all good for finals and then like a few hours before I was pretty normal so competed in finals but super embarrassing because everyone knew like oh, not right. just the team but it was so it was pretty funny though because I was just like yeah I was just vomiting but oh. I was just like it was so funny and um I was just so scared I was gonna fall and just like you know shit my pants <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know, I was yeah. like so scared to fall on my ass because I was just like terrified of the outcome. But um, yeah, ended up coming last in finals. Um, don't know why, but no, I'm kidding. I had a pretty shitty day, and um, yeah, wasn't was a pretty interesting experience. Like, um, don't eat food that like I knew that that the food I was eating was bad but like I could tell when I ate it like this doesn't taste right yeah and it ended up being pretty bad for me but then yeah a lot of people got sick on that trip like yeah a lot of people got some kind of vomiting bug or like Mitchell flying home got real sick and couldn't make the flight because he was vomiting and then Cuzzy our wax tech Chris Rogers he got home he got over to Fernie in Canada um, for Christmas mm. got the vomiting bug as soon as he got there I think oh, from no. like Mitchell or something but <laughs> Merry Christmas yeah Merry Christmas <laughs> but yeah don't like be careful of what you eat sometimes mm. you know mm. yeah <laughs> damn yeah um, 
Well, I guess we have to address probably what we've uh, talked about at the start. Well, yeah. Is natural selection. Yeah. Holy shit. Mm. <laughs> um, how did that even come about, getting on the wild card? Um, it was pretty crazy, actually. Like, I finished the season off in New Zealand, and um, my agent got me a phone call with Travis Rice because he was... Um, they were deciding, like, they had a board of members, like, five of them. They were deciding who was getting the invites. Yeah. And I ended up speaking to Travis on the phone, and um, he was just kind of asking me, like, about my experience with backcountry and, like, like he wants me to be there and all this stuff, and I was, like, losing my shit because I was, like, I'm on the phone with Travis. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... But yeah, it's just like, honestly, I don't have a lot of experience. I don't have any like videos except for like, I've, I've, I only filmed with Burden f- for One World this past season. Like that's kind of all I've got. And I don't really have any videos to show you except um, kind of what I've worked on in New Zealand. But I didn't get round to actually getting it through to him because yeah, it was all in shambles. And I was like, I was just like, fingers crossed I get the invite and I was, but I didn't expect to because I really didn't have a lot to go mm. off, you know. Like, like no one, no one knew that I like free rided or like rode back country or anything. Mm. And yeah, but then what happened was I got overseas um, and I was competing in in Austria and got an email that they were having a wildcard competition, a video competition. And so I was like, okay, this is like the only opportunity I have to actually get in. And like, I've got my footy from last season and like, yeah, this is, this is how it's going to happen. And um, yeah, I ended up, Marcus Skitton helped me put together a video um, of the shots I got from New Zealand and One World and yeah, competing in the wildcard video and yeah, ended up winning. Um, alongside Bodie Merrill, so Whoa. it was pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that that had to be a trip, right, to um, <clears throat> see the lineup of the names that you're competing against. And, like, how was that? Because you must have been the youngest by quite a bit, too. Yeah. Right. Um, Hayley Langland was also, also oh, right. there. She's, like, a year or two older than me. So we were the two youngest there by far, mm. um, for sure. But, yeah, it was the craziest experience um, seeing the write-up of, uh, like, write-up of line, riders before going mm. and then meeting them in person was nuts. So, like, when you see that lineup of riders, mm. what's your expectation? Because the, fir- the first stop was Jackson Hole, right? Mm. And you see that lineup, it's like, wow, oh, cool, I'm just going to be glad to be here because there's yeah. no fucking way. Mm. That's exactly how I felt. Like, I was like, this is nuts. This is, like, the craziest experience ever. I'm just going to experience it, you know, and and ride some sick snow and have heaps of fun. And that's kind of just what happened. I met so many, like, met every single one of the riders that were there and um, caught up with the riders that I had met before, which was sick. It was just... Super weird because COVID, you know, like mm. had to wear masks and stuff. But yeah, I was just like blown away to be there and super grateful that like I got to go and 
yeah, turned out super. And who crazy. were you? Because they pair pair the riders off to compete against each other. Mm-hmm. Right? So who was your first rider you were competing against? Um, it was Rowan Van Jim, and it was pretty cool because they did it as like um, the night before the first day. The I guess like the first couple rounds, they pulled everyone's names out of a hat, like. Um, and you would choose what bracket you were in. Like, you were like, I'm heat to um, B or whatever, mm. you know? And I was the first first female to get picked. I was, like, third pick or something. So I was the one choosing first yeah. um, where to go. And I, like, did, like, kind of, like, mid-pack dropping second, like, third heat dropping second or something like that. And, yeah, and then Robin was the last – oh, no, the second last to pick, and she – you could choose between versing like maybe like Anna or me, and she picked me, and I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah. Like, oh my god, here we go. Mm. But um, yeah, it was it was super crazy. The head-to-head thing was like so fun. Mm. Like they couldn't have done it any better. And yeah, going into that first round was fucking crazy. Eh? Like mm. I don't. Oh. oh yeah I don't think a lot of people know this but we like got to walk through the course yeah a few days before um and scope all the features out like we got get given our credentials and they had a map of the natural selection like a bird's eye view kind of thing mm. of it and um they had all like the features marked and named and everything and you could we walked into the course, we each had a group we walked in with and um, to like look at the takeoffs, look at the landings and stuff and then when we walked out of there, like I think I was with like Austin Sweden and E-Jack was mm. in my crew and then Hannah, Hannah Beeman, Haley, and Alias Alhart and stuff like that and that was just like blew me away listening to them talk about... Um, talk about like everything like it was insane. a lot of experience in that crew you just oh, mentioned yeah so yeah. much experience and i was just like trying to take it all in and um yeah and then we walked out of the course and they had um like the crew who kind of looked after the course and made sure like the takeoffs were were like packed down and stuff mm. they would brush over our footprints because oh, yeah. like you wanted it to look like no one had been in there like yeah. travis like wanted everything to be perfect you know mm. it's crazy so how well <clears throat> with your competitive background um how well did that condi- condition you for natural selection um it was pretty crazy because like obviously slope style and big air it's a lot different to doing something like natural mm. selection but yeah i'd done free ride world qualifier comp and yeah I kind of just like honestly went in like with every comp that I do I go in um wanting to get in that zone where you're like having like the most fun as possible and you're just like feeling good you know Mm -hmm. and that's just what I wanted to get into and like it's so easy to get into that riding power yeah and I was just trying to trying to do that but like kind of showing what I've got as well to all the riders mm. that were there who 
you know I've looked up to for so long so so was that a lot of pressure being sort of <clears throat> a lot of the other riders there these huge backcountry free ride names and you were just coming off the did, did you feel like there was a certain pressure to show that you belonged was that like in, in your own head or externally yeah know? well kind of but not really like it was definitely there like I wanted to show what I what I got you know mm. and like showing that I was there for a reason because you know I only just made it mm. and um yeah like I knew mm. that the opportunity was super crazy that I was able to ride there so I was just like gotta make the most of it yeah yeah I, I couldn't believe it when you beat Hannah Beeman yeah because like Hannah's been one of my favorites for a long time and I was like oh, I fucking want Zoe to win because you know yeah but I was like but that's Hannah Beeman yeah like Oh, you know I know it was so crazy going up against those girls because you know mm. I've like but they're like, the big dogs you know yeah but it looked like there was a really good camaraderie with everyone it wasn't yeah. too like everyone seemed to wish everyone well oh and, yeah it was actually yeah. insane like I've never seen like usually when I compete in soap um I like I'm like kind of like an individual like kind of focused on myself you know mm. like focused on my own performance and everything but in natural selection it was like everyone was just like screaming at the tv when um when everyone was dropping mm. like if someone did something sick it was like everyone lost their shit and mm. i don't know you kind of i don't know it was just like celebrating snowboarding in a way like red yeah and um step I'm assuming the run was a lot steeper than it actually looked on TV. Mm. Like, yeah, honestly, it's kind of like a whole blur for me. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, um... So... Yeah. <laughs> what, what that, that moment where you're like, holy fuck, I just won Jackson Hole against those people. Yeah. Like, was that just one of those carpet pulled out from under your feet moments? Yeah, for sure. Like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> I've only... I've only felt like that before and that was when I won X Games and I was like, this is fucking crazy. Mm. And, um, yeah, I like, I couldn't believe it, you know, like. And um, <clears throat> I wanted to ask, um, who, what was your favourite runs someone else did on the Jackson, Jackson Hole thing? Uh, both, uh, one, one female, one male. Um... One from the male point of view, I'd say Ben Ferguson. He did like I I rode like I think they called it Perfect Cliff and like Genesis One and Two. I don't know gibberish if you don't know like if you yeah. weren't there. Yeah. But um, so that's what I hit when I did the Wildcat off that second jump. Like I it was like those two, and he mm. did front five and cab five. Like yeah. what? the heck the Atlanta switching powder eh like, yeah and then like I think he did a back nine on the on the money boot like the Red Bull cliff at the end as well which was super fucked up but he's got so much flow and like you know that run was just out the gate and then Mikkel like front three rock tap that was, was my favourite yeah 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 I like he is crazy mm. But, um, yeah, I've, like, 
ridden with Ben, like um, like we've done the whole contest thing for a while. Mm. But then he's recently transitioned into doing filming all the time. Mm. And then actually seeing him like ride in person has just been, it was just insane. And so like yeah. Mm. And then from the female side of things, um, Jackson, Jamie did like the biggest back one. She did on yes. the that last feature, <laughs> like full hail Mary. Um, <laughs> so loose, so much respect. Just went straight to the flats. Um, that was crazy. Like if she had landed that, it was would have just been like she would have shut it down you know yeah um because did she make all her run before that no i think she'd fallen before that but was just like you know yeah just just sent it um so that was pretty sick and um yeah um alaska probably mickle's back five Mm. back five indy well alaska that was that your first time um yeah first time to alaska well, because Alaska is viewed as the pinnacle of free ride, big mountain, mm. just snowboarding in general. Like, talk about having the probably the best crew, like riding and safety wise, to go with. Like, yeah. How was that to get on top of your first Alaska peak and drop in on your own down this run that's giant? Yeah. Like, I don't even think the uh, film shows the. Um, the yeah, size just, of what you're dropping yeah. into and let alone the consequences yeah yeah so yeah got to go straight after world champs this season went to alaska for the finals of natural selection and um i actually got to do a day like a prep day um in just outside of anchorage we went flew out of alaska resort yep and it was me mickle and ben ferguson and we just wanted to get like our feet first down Mm. and I was freaking out because this was the gnarliest terrain I'd ever ridden Mm. and it was like just flying over though that mountain range was fucked up like the size of the glaciers and the size of the faces were nothing I'd ever seen before and Mm. the first like we dropped in like the first run we took we dropped into the chute and it was so steep it was sloughing everywhere and I'd never I've never experienced slough before mm. and I was just like peaking and did you get like, briefed on slough management oh, yeah, yeah. Like that? yeah yeah like I was just always asking pretty much everyone and like Tom Walmart and um uh Hugh Bernard who's a guide up at Tordrillo Lodge he's also Manu Bernard who I've grown up with his his dad Mm. and so had a call with him and Tom Wilmot before going up and just like kind of talked about that stuff and um kind of you can kind of gauge it when you watch uh films you know like Mm. how to manage it but you yeah it was difficult to start off with but um yeah the terrain was insane and we were just like went riding that day just trying to get our feet feet down and like um for me it was just like trying to experience like try to get used to it before dropping in for the comp you know and it was super sick going out with those two because you know they were chilling they like had so much experience and um Mm. they kind of 
giving me all their knowledge and um, yeah then we th flew out to Tordrillo the next day and we're out there for a week and yeah um, competing competed in the comp but um, it was pretty crazy we were meant to ride this um, ride this face called Priority One which Travis rode in Dark Matter with mm. Elias Alhart and um, oh no maybe it was yeah I think it was Dark Matter but um yeah, ended up not riding that because they hadn't gotten snow in a while and some uh, some skinners in a sea in a um, in a plane ended up snaking the whole face. Oh. Like we showed up and um, flew out there and the whole face was just ripped apart. Just they absolutely destroyed it. Like they had the best time ever. Oh man! Like and you could see their um, their snow. Uh, snow cave all built they were obviously out there for a few days mm. just ripped it apart but yeah we ended up riding um, these other two pretty cool faces and yeah Rain. yeah because that was a trip watching that and um, so it was you and Robin Van Gim head to head yeah um, well it first started off um, the first day it was like the I don't know what to call it but it was the first head-to-heads, but it was me, Hannah, and Robin. Oh, right. It was the three okay. of us. And, yeah, road. Can't even remember what the face was called, but we went all up against each other, and Hannah, Hannah got knocked out. And then it was me and Robin in mm -hmm. the finals, and um, we were just... We waited a few days between um, the first day and the second day because we were waiting for a window. Um, but, yeah, it was... <laughs> we had one... Um, one false start where we flew out there and we, we were waiting but there was a cloud blocking the sun on the horizon and this the face that we were riding only saw the sun for two hours yeah that was the only w window we got and um yeah we missed the window and we had to wait a few more days before we got to do the finals holy like, shit we flew everyone flew out there like the whole camera crew mm. and um, set up like the end zone and everything like everyone was getting ready to drop in but it didn't end up going ahead and then mm. yeah so it's blown away watching and if I remember rightly you were the only one out of the three of like Robin Hunter and yourself to actually spin off anything mm. out there and it was a pretty out of it almost an alley-oop spin off some weird thing oh uh, yeah was that just an instinctual thing or had you already premeditated nah that was an instinctual thing like um that was the first day and we were all looking at the face and I saw this like gap in the rocks and I was like, I can link these, these kind of two, um, two gullies, I mm. guess. And, um, yeah. And I managed like this, the first feature in my run, mm. I was just, I had hit it two twice in a row and then I was like, yeah definitely could back through that it's mm. just the landing like the snow was super variable it hadn't snowed in a while out there so mm. yeah it kind of reminded me of New Zealand in a way and so yeah ended up yeah doing an alley-oop back three off this feature and landed it but it was just it's just crazy riding out there everything's massive and mm. so much consequence and yeah mm. so um, that final stay <clears throat> had I mean you started out rock solid and shit and <laughs> how did it um i mean how did it go like um yeah so look really gnarly i was like fuck this is actually anyone's 
and I'm kind of I'm kind of curious whether Robin would have um, done that giant fucking cliff at the end had he not been. Were you a, yeah. were you intentionally putting pressure on, or were you just out there doing your thing? Or? Nah, I was just kind of out there doing my thing. Um, it was like hard to f- pick a line on that face because mm. um, slough was a huge factor because of um, how steep it was and mm. there were so many spines and it all was running into this one one zone but once you got past that you were pretty safe um, mm. so I was kind of freaking out about that and I'd never ridden the spine before ever yeah. so I was just like this is I don't know how to ride a spine I was just yeah. like looking for rocks to jump off for my run yeah. because I was like, I don't know how to ride a fucking spine. Yeah. But then, yeah, ended up, um, yeah, picking a line that I was like, yeah, pretty stoked on and talked to some of the other guys who were riding. Um, and like, just like, we all kind of talked about what we were hitting and stuff. And, um, like the other guys helped advise me like where to go and everything. But, when I dropped in for my first run, I caught my nose and did a full front flip, like, on accident, on, like, hard, like onto my back and then started riding straight away. Uh-huh. It was super weird, like, fully fucked up, um, dropping in, and then got the rest of my run, but it was just so out of control. Um, but what happened was, is, like, the a few days before when we picked out that face because the other face had been snaked, um, Chris Rasman had walked into the face, uh, and dug a, dug into it to see how the snow was, like mm. the snowpack. And I dropped in directly above where he had dug into it and I hit where his hole was. Oh, right. My nose had, and I like fully fucked it. And that kind of threw me off of it because I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Like I yeah. don't deserve to be here. Um, just kooking it. But, um, then like picked it back up and... Um, yeah, I was, cause like, every time I ride in New Zealand, you always end up in that like chopped, the chowder, like chopped powder kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I know. That's what I'm going to ride. And so I went into my third run riding the exact same line that I did before, riding the spine that like three other people had ridden. And just like, it was so chopped up that it was actually out of control and I was like, why didn't I just go on a fresh spine? There was a fresh spine right next to it, but I just didn't have that experience or knowledge. Mm. And yeah, but I was super stoked. I did a wildcat off this hit, this like downhill, uh, like kind of like little jump thing. And um, it was pretty fun. Mm. And yeah. It's pretty bonkers leaving the ground on runs like that, right? Yeah. The steepness and all that, you probably find yourself traveling a lot further than you intended or yeah exactly and like um because it's so steep anything you jump off yeah you just like Mm. you just fly and um especially when you're hitting something that has a bit of a more of a takeoff Mm. like it's all good if you're hitting something that's a downhill takeoff but if it's uphill you're fucking you're gonna go pretty big yeah yeah but yeah, that was definitely like a learning experience. And um, shout out to Robin because she that per, that cliff that she went off was insane. That's bonkers, eh? Yeah, yeah, it was so big. Like um, when we were scoping out uh, the face, they landed a heli on top of it because it was meant to be like a camera 
uh, camera zone, like where mm. photographers were meant to go. But um, the if you look, like there's this photo, and Heli looks tiny compared to the clutch. Jesus. Yeah. So I remember watching. I think the first rider off it might have been Mark McMorris. I can't remember. Oh, Chris Rasman. Oh, it was think. Chris Rasman. Yeah. And whoever went off at first, like shit. Do they actually know that they're like? Yeah. <laughs> do, do they know where they are right now? Because holy fuck. Yeah. No, um, Mark was the one who went off at first. Right. Yeah. And um. Yeah, he's crazy, eh? Just shit. Well, were you? Where were you when he did that? Were you up top? I was at the top. And you. And you, literally. You could see that. From yeah. Where you were. Just like he was, just like this. Uh, didn't feel like he was too far away, but could see everything what, that was going on. And you just saw him like heading straight for it after doing, I think, a wildcat. And I was just like, "Oh my god, he's actually going off it!" Because every time we talked about it, like before the comp, everyone was like, "Yeah, that doesn't like line up. Like the tran- tranny doesn't mm. work." But he just went straight off it, and we were all losing our shit at the top, just like. He fucking did it. So, so no one... He didn't even make any noise about that. Oh, that nah. looks sick or anything. No. Nah. Nah. Holy shit. Yeah. It I was mean, sick. I remember watching that. I might have been from the drone above or something. Like, fuck, mm. does he know where he is right now? Yeah. Fucking hell. Like... <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else we need to talk about with natural selection? No, I've exhausted my um, notes on it. I don't know. I don't um, think so, but... Um, yeah, super sick like, experience, and hopefully get to compete in it in years to come. It looked unreal. It yeah. was so cool to watch. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I've reached out to a few um, fans of the podcast, shall we say, which sort of trips me up that there's fans of this podcast. But here we go <laughs> uh, for some questions, and there've been some of them being um, on here. So I'm going to start. The first one's from Ju Ju Bray, and. Uh, I think uh, anyone listening, have a listen to Jew Bray's episode. Uh, you're blowing it if you don't. Uh, Jew wants to know what the best thing about having snow park growing up and how did it how did it help you get good at snowboarding? Um, probably just being able to watch everyone ride there. Just like there were so many people who just, you know, took time off work to go ride Mm. on a power day or just like any day you know just frothed out on riding up there and the vibe up there and just like so much passion for snowboarding and that's I guess that's one of the huge things for me Mm. that it taught. Uh, Shelley Brock or Shelley Gottlieb uh, wants to know what a two-part question what is your favorite comp course and do you prefer sled hot laps at X Games, at X Games or the cheerlift rides rest your legs? Um, good question. Shout out Shelly. Shout out Drew. Um, favorite course. That's a really, really hard one. I competed in my first Larks Open this past season and heard so many good things. And that course is pretty amazing. Um... But nothing really compares to X Games because, you know, it's X Games and they somehow fit so many features into that that line and, um, yeah, always come up with some crazy stuff and it's, yeah, that one. And probably hot laps at X Games because, yeah, it's all go. You get into that crazy zone where you're real warm and um, kind of just, like, flow. Mm. 
Amy Bella, who uh, runs Quest Snowboard Shop in Queenstown, mm-hmm. she's asked, uh, name three people who influenced your snowboard career and why. Okay. Um, shout out, Amy. Thanks for the question. Um, three people who influenced my snowboard career. Mitch Brown. Shout out. Um, then my mum. Like, yeah. I don't think we've touched on my parents too much, but... Um, they're legends and yeah I wouldn't be here without them so Christy Christy yeah shit yeah Christy yeah because she's style lord mm. yeah uh Emma J House um who is your self-proclaimed number one fan <laughs> yeah I hope I worded that right <laughs> uh, uh so we kind of touched on this but it's an interesting one to ask you any influential female writers you looked up to growing up and why? Shout out, Emma. You! Yeah. Um, influential female writers growing up. Uh, Steffi was a huge one for me from skating through to snowboarding. Mm. And then um, she's still ripping it up in America, um, killing it. Mm. And um, Jamie, of course, because... You know, she's the one to kind of look at and so dialed with everything. Mm. And, um, yeah, Will J, for sure. But, yeah. Interesting. You said uh, Will J because that's our next question. Oh, yeah. And Will J wants to know, well, he's got a two-parter as well. Which was a more special sense of achievement, winning the bronze at the Olympics or winning natural selection at Jackson Hole? Definitely winning natural selection at Jackson. Yeah. 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 The, like, just the way it felt was a whole lot different. And um, it was actually, like, insane. And, yeah, I, like... Coming out of a comp, like, I've never felt that way before. And, like, was so inspired by every other rider there. And I hope people were inspired by my riding. So, yeah. Rad. And the second part of Will J's question is, uh, when are you coming on a Japan... When are you coming on a Japan trip with Explore Wanaka? Um, hopefully soon. Um, <laughs> shout out to Explore Wanaka. Um... Yeah, hopefully soon. Like, I'd love to. I really, really want to go to Japan um, as soon as possible. Let's just see if it lines up ever. It's like, seems like every winter gets busier and busier. So Mm. I need to figure that out. Mm. And uh, Carlos Garcia Knights told me I have to ask you about your musical influences. I don't entirely know what that means. I'm hoping you can enlighten us a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know what that means either, but, um, yeah, always, uh, music has had a, I guess, like, huge influence on me, snowboarding, um, just like I listen to music before I go to bed every night, and, um, yeah, like, kind of go through phases, listen to, like, every single different kind of music, you know, um, but I feel like he's taking the piss out of me because I went through a a drum and bass phase, um a few years ago and it was like a whole season where I would ride I wouldn't ride to it but every on the chairlift up and like the morning of and then 
if they had listened to drum and bass, <laughs> but I don't listen to it anymore. And yeah, Carlos had some pretty sick music, mm. but um, as evidenced yeah. in his Ruckus Two movie, yeah, exactly. Awesome soundtrack, eh? Yeah, and Gina, who does the IT for this podcast, wants to know what's life like for a pro and what have you learned from it. Um, that's a hard one. Mm. Yeah, she always busts out the hard questions. Yeah, life, oh. life is good. Like I'm super grateful to be able to snowboard for a living. Um, like, not a lot of people get that opportunity. So yeah, I, I'm trying to make the most of it, and super lucky to be able to snowboard as much as I can, as well as you know I don't I don't have to get a job in the off season, mm. um, so I can skate and surf um, whenever I want really. Um, so I guess that's what life is like, but kind of just looking after my body now that I'm getting older and yeah, just always looking forward at, um, what I want to do next, you know, Mm. you have any advice out there for aspiring shredders? Um, advice, I would just say kind of just, yeah, send it. I don't know. Like, (laughs) um, you know, set your goals and um, do everything you can to achieve them, you know, like mm. put all you can into it if that's what you want, you Sweet. know, like, yeah. Cool. And do we have any props or shout outs or thanks? Um, yeah, I feel like I've haven't like, I feel like haven't mentioned everyone I've wanted to mention. Okay. Well, but we can keep rolling and mention yeah shout out to my parents um my siblings uh sponsors burden and monster and then snow sports new zealand uh sean thompson mitch brown and uh tom Wilmot, and yeah everyone around there who looks after me because uh super grateful for that and then you know everyone who's uh helped me out growing up and coming through like honestly so many people like didn't even mention jay walsh and mac james but those guys were huge growing up um for me because they were like the the guys coming up that jay was on the new zealand team or something wasn't he yeah and um yeah mac was also ripping and same with tim herbert like those (laughs) guys are dope oh tim yeah. Fuck, let's will we talk about Tim. Sure. My, <laughs> one of my favourite dudes to watch on the snowboard. Holy shit. Yeah. Ramin Ramin Takahashi. Is that his Instagram handle these days? Uh, I'm not sure. I, can't <laughs> up, but I, I love that dude's style. Yeah, same. So raw. Yeah. Raddest thing you've seen him do. Um so I'm front blunt I think front blunt four. This Montreal feature. Um, at the top of the Cadrona Park, like so gnarly, it had no sides to it, and it was like into this bowl thing. But he was just up there, hiking it, getting after it, um, and saw it in person. So that was fucking sick. Yeah, he's the best. Eh? Yeah, and so on point. It's interesting. Like everyone just knows his jibbing. Yeah, but he is so on point with his like edge control. Yeah. Like a Rachel Newton prodigy. Like that dude is incredible. Snowboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to Tim. 
Mm, <laughs> yeah, totally, there's yeah. so many like writers who, yeah, influenced me growing up that I like haven't mentioned, but like yeah, and then of course JJ and Carlos, those boys, um, yeah, absolutely killed it. Like there was Kickers and Cream for that time, which really like showcased New Zealand mm. um, snowboarding, and um, then shout out to Carlos, like ruckus movies are fucking sick. Yeah. And stoked that he's, uh, yeah, that I've got into gr- kind of like grew up riding with him. I met, met him mm-hmm. first at Snow Park and then ended up on the team with him. And uh, yeah, had a f- huge influence over me. And yeah. Shout out to, yeah, the boys growing up. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've got, I feel like there's so many people. Um, oh, I mean, they know who they are. Too. Yeah. I'm sorry but. if I missed out. But yeah, I mean, Anyone? like Carlos and that ruckus too. Well, probably my favourite yeah. current movie. Same. Like, you know, is do you know if he's doing a ruckus three? Yeah. Yeah. Are you in it, um, Carlos? Carlos, <laughs> listen here, Carlos. Um, hopefully, <laughs> if I get some time. Right. Um, yeah. So I love some of you. Fingers edits crossed. You guys put out last year. Was it you and Steve McGee's and Tian put out one with the butthole surface? Yeah, that was. And um, it just reeked of the nineties. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah, that was. We called it Cadrona Virus. Um, yeah, just filmed that. Uh, all of us together, just writing as well, and um, trying to make some more this year. It's just. Mm. Um, hard when you're all filming each other, but you all want to be snowboarding at the same time, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, trying to shout out to those guys. Mm. Um, that's Tian's thing, like wildlife, 9-11, that's his wildlife thing. That's... What's this? Um, he's, it's his, uh, his, um, like filming handle, I guess. Oh, right. And, but, um trying to put out edits but it's just like hard to when you don't have a filmer Mm. designated when you're all filming each other but all trying to ride you know yeah but um yeah hopefully film a bit more this year and yeah who else to shout out um yeah i don't know like i I think that's pretty good is there anything i've missed in the notes or anything we we need to talk about it. I don't think so. I think pretty that's good. pretty good. Well, let's roll into our enders then. Uh, favourite rider? Um, that is really hard. <laughs> that's got to be like the hardest <laughs> question ever because like, I don't know, every rider has so many different attributes, you know, like there's the style factor, but then there's also the trick factor and then there's the like, the features they hit factors. Right, let's let's break that into two things then. Yeah. Favorite style and favorite trick factor. Um. Shit. Style, like keeping it local. JJ. Yeah. I don't like. I've never seen uh, anyone with style like him. So natural. Like just makes mm. everything look so steety. And then trick factor. So hard. <laughs> I don't know. I actually, I can't answer that. All right. It's too hard. <laughs> Fair enough. It's way too hard. Favorite mountain. Um, favorite mountain. Um, let me just think about this. Oh, larks. Larks. Yeah. Red. 
only been there one oh no I've been there twice now but got to do some free riding out there as well as compete in Larks Open and that mountain's insane Rad. definitely try go there if you've never but, been but uh, bred dudes like Nicholas Mueller and stuff mm. didn't it so shit if shit. that's a sign yeah. of it then yeah uh, favourite board favourite board um I ride the hometown hero um 152 when I free ride and mm. I love that thing it's my first first power board and fuck it makes a huge difference having a power board for that stuff mm. you know so yeah oh, sweet favourite video part um favourite video part um Kazu in Stronger oh Union that is Stronger. yes pretty iconic part and circus music as well yes um Wu-Tang yeah Method Man but yeah I think Method Man yeah shit oh, so good yeah and Giggy has a couple of tricks in there too yeah so favourite gig favourite gig mm. oh yeah um what that I've been to yeah um me Carlos Tian and Mitchell went on a camp in Sarsfe we went and saw King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard mm. they're a like a heavy metal band but they also do like everything and um they're australian and we got to watch them after they just released this album and they had two acts that were um that opened for them and they were super sick as well but we were training the next day and it was a four hour train ride from zurich to sasfe and we we um yeah got back from the concert it was fucking unreal super gnarly like crazy mosh pit and then um went to sleep and woke up at like three in the morning to catch the train back to sasfe and then got up the mountain that day <laughs> to um train all the days it was work. a it was a hard day <laughs> but it was so worth it Red. carlos convinced us to I think that's, come and, that's yeah. the band that's in one of his yeah in Ruckus too, right? too in yeah. the finals yeah so yeah favourite city favourite city uh, Oslo in Norway it's like like I'm not a huge fan of cities but that one is pretty sick sweet yeah favourite trick um favourite trick either a front three indie or yeah, front three indie. Like, Sweet. nothing really beats it. It feels so good. Mm. Favourite board graphic? Whoa, that's a hard one. <laughs> yep. I'm just thinking of, like, the boards that I've written, which honestly isn't that much. I had this um, signal board that I really, really liked the graphic of. That was, um, it was purple and then they do the spinny thing where they like pull the paint on and then spin it round oh, and right. it like creates like this crazy um this crazy like paint thing going on but i like that board a lot like when i got given that for free i lost my shit yeah i think that, that was the first board i really got and given so it was a pretty out of a moment where you're like whoa what? yeah like, this is i've just been given the yeah board. yeah and, and it was dope as well so mm. Yeah. So was that sort of that moment when you're like, well, someone sees the value in what I'm doing? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, it was hard to see it like that when you're that young. Mm. But I was just like, 
like super grateful that um, they saw what I was doing and were keen to hook me up mm. and then did some yeah they were just stoked and it made me stoked rad yeah uh, who has the best method best method like I feel like I've talked about Christy a lot this mm. episode but she has to have one of the best methods absolutely ever yeah. and yeah like nothing really compares to it <laughs> she's got that yoga that yoga steez mm. Yeah. And just every time you see a method shot, you're like, man, if I could do that for a day. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should start yoga so I can do a method like that. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Mm. And final bonus question. What's the key to a good method? What's the key to a good method? To a good I'm method? not the person to ask for that. I only learned how to method after competing in Jackson Hole. And I was like, if I'm going to be a free rider, I have to, if I'm going to film, I have to learn how to method. And it took me a while, but I got there. And I don't know. I'm gra- I grab above the boot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know what what's it called when you grab... Like, above the binding, like, up here. Oh, just, like, wrapping your hand around the... Nah, binding. like the... Like, Nellen. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, right. like old school. I think. Yeah, like, almost like a Terrier method or something. Yeah. That's I reckon... That's not a bad blueprint to start with. Yeah, exactly. Um... I'd say that's the key, but don't ask me. Don't quote me on that. Mm-mm. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, thank you so much for your time, Zoe, and hopefully we'll see you up the mountain at some point. Sweet as. Thank Dang. you, Tony. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm.